Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Chief's Kingdom, you gotta fight for your right! <laughs> From the IMLD Home Studios, in its 11th season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your host, Jay and Trey. Yeah. Time to get you pumped up and ready for some NFL action tomorrow, week five in the NFL. Kicked off Thursday night, we'll continue tomorrow. We'll have all the picks for you a little later on, an hour from now or so. Before that, we will be reviewing week four, giving out our awards, our best and our worst, and you know how it goes by now. You are listening to In Much Less Detail, the podcast, here with you live on a Saturday night, October the 7th, 2023. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Jay, uh, I'm getting ready to see you in the fam next weekend. Uh, we're not going to be... Two weeks. Two weekends. Two weekends. Is it two? Okay, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, two two weeks. weekends from now. Uh, so we'll figure all that out, the logistics of that. But uh, for now, we're we're still uh, in our respective home studios and, and getting ready to review last week and getting ready for week five coming up. Yeah, this will be uh, this will be a, a good show. We got you, you were telling me right before we went to air that you're you're thinking that we're going to both have the same picks, and it made me think and realize, like right there on the spot, that this is when you have that advantage in going first. There you go. In giving out the awards, uh, I think you know without even and the best of the week last week, and I don't know if either one of us are even going to say it, was that we agreed on all of those picks last week and we did not embarrass ourselves. I wasn't going to say it, but yes, that's is that played a big part in my enjoyment of the football last week. It is realizing that we didn't suck in all those picks that we had together. <laughs> yeah, when we go through an entire week, uh, and there were no buys last week, so it was a sixteen game slate. And we agreed on 14 picks. We we were right. pretty much figuring that we were lined up for disaster, and uh, it, it wasn't that bad. So the two that we disagreed on, you swept me. You took them both. So congratulations, you swept a whole week, uh, yes. putting you at. Uh, so you'll be going first in the awards. Uh, so you and go I think, ten and that, six on the Does that mean I leapfrogged you now? So we've been doing this <laughs> right back and forth. Yeah, neither one uh, of them. Yeah, you uh, went ten and six. I went eight and eight, which puts you yes one game ahead of me for the season now. Yeah. We're both we're, we're both still underwater though. We're both still struggling to get up to five hundred. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm twenty eight and thirty four. You're twenty nine and thirty three. But we're trending in the right direction because a couple of weeks ago we were both way under, and so we we've been fighting get ourselves back up. I was at four hundred after week two, so mm. uh, no. I'm definitely glad to be uh, uh, at four fifty two. That doesn't sound like much, but it's a, it's a hell of a lot better than four hundred. Um, and you're at four sixty eight. So we're yeah. we're fighting it, but. It, I, 
obviously it's been one of those type of seasons. We don't want to make excuses, but come on, it's been a crazy-ass season. It has been, and we get to talk about a whole bunch of that tonight. And we can't talk, you know, without any of the Week 5 stuff yet, we get to talk about that next week. We got to talk about Week 4 and, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, and there there was a lot of all of it. Uh, We will be curious to see, and, you know, a lot of times we agree on things, but we maybe slot them differently, so that's also a fun Mm -hmm. part of it. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, So I guess guess I'll get started. (laughs) Football party? Oh, yeah. Um, Right. Your best of Week 4. My best of week four, and last week I did not go chalk with the, the Miami 70-point endeavor. I took the other side of that game, which was all sorts of – that game was just – we could have just given awards to that game because that game I think had every single award that we give out probably all inside of it. Um, and even though you were on record, and I did not necessarily disagree with you that the best thing for the Buffalo Bills was a loss to the Dolphins and then the struggle session and then the fight. Uh, it turned into a sunning. And mm. for all the people out there who were so quick in the offseason to anoint the, the Jets, right? The Jets were going to be the winners of the East and the Bills. Every The Bills were the cheek pick to miss the playoffs this last season. You and I were not there. I think we both have them in the Super Bowl one winning and one losing. Um, and, man, they they put a whooping on a team in Miami that had just come off of a 70-point effort in Denver, um, against Denver, and was riding high, and they were going to come in there. And we, we ended up going one and one in our trap games last week. <laughs> right. And this one, this one hung the yell on us because – Man, yeah, we, the, how could you go against Miami after they scored 70 points? And uh, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and that, that Buffalo team said, son, you ain't ready. We repeat, the white mouse will not explode. Yeah, that was a whooping. Uh, Who do you think you are? I am. Josh, Josh Allen goes for 320 and four tutties. Stefan Diggs catches three of them, does a stone cold celebration in the end zone. Uh, he got, got fined fine for that for today, shit. By on, the way. But whatever, it was great. You know, gets down there. If you get you have the Lambo leap and you get Stefan Diggs go down there, smash the beer cans together and douse the fans with the beer. I mean, it. they were feeling themselves. The Bills were. And uh, after that first tough loss against the Jets, and you know we've seen now we've seen the Chiefs struggle against the Jets too. So in hindsight, maybe that Jets defense just really is that good, and mm. they could really frustrate you when they want to. Um, for, you know, the Bills since then have just kept looking better and better and better, and that all culminated in that forty-eight to twenty beatdown. Uh, I'm, are we kumbaya here or? Yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I, I'll let you talk about it now, since we're both agreeing on this one. When the Buffalo Bills want to be the best, they can be the best. This is what <laughs> we've been talking about. Man. When they're motivated, they can beat any team in the league. 
my criticism has always been, both of our criticism has been their focus and, and their uh, lack of motivation. And I've specifically really come down on the star QB for not playing like a star QB, his pension for playing careless and, and throwing arm punts and everything else. But when they put their minds to it, oh, man. And when Stephon Diggs puts his mind to uh, ripping away from two DBs and scoring touchdowns and uh, being hemmed in at the sideline and looking like, oh, they're, they're going to pull him down. They got a penalty. They interfered with him and everything else. And he's like, no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't feel like going down here. I'm going to tear away from you, and I'm going to score uh, on his way to uh, basically a career day for him. Uh, Project had a perfect passer rating. That's the Bills being the Bills. That's the best of the week to me, absolutely. I mean, the game itself was the highest level of play calling and executing by both teams. Uh, The Dolphins started out with the Bills going touchdown for touchdown. They were – basically bashing each other in the nose and and going heads up and the bills basically their defense started deflecting some passes and and closing some of those zones and some of those passing lanes um and really rising to the occasion um the offense did of course but i think the defense sort of set it off first like you can do whatever you want on offense against the Dolphins, the way they're playing, but if you can't stop them, at least get a couple of stops here and there, they're going to just answer everything you do uh, and eventually run you over. But the Bills' defense rose to the occasion. They realized what was happening, that game, that environment, that statement of this is not your time right now, this is not your division. Like you said, son, you're not ready to take over that top spot just yet. We're still the top dogs here. Uh, Project and Stephon Diggs taking over. Uh, what an amazing performance by both of those guys. Uh, Tua started pressing overthrows for an interception. That's what the Bills can be when they focus. Uh, and Miami certainly didn't get destroyed as the score may indicate. For those who watched the whole game, that that's just how complete Buffalo played. As they made it look like a complete as well, but at the end, uh, when you look at the score, but it, it really wasn't. Uh, as bad as the score indicates. It really was two teams playing at their best back and forth. Uh, and that's and the Bills come out of that, you know, four touchdown victors, 48 to 20. It wasn't really that bad, but it was that bad because when the Bills turned it on uh, and decided to put their mind to it, they put the, the hammer down on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, and, and shout out to the Bills and congratulations to them watching them dominate the way they can and should, that was indeed the best of the week for them. Yeah, if, if if losing the game and having to deal with the adversity, you know, at one end of the spectrum is good for them, how can this not be good for them? You just, they just went out there and absolutely whooped the crap out of the team that everybody was talking about the week before as with the records, and they could have set the record for all-time points. And they were they were favored going to Buffalo, and we knew it was a trap, and we just dove headfirst right into the bear trap. It stepped right in and got our got our foot snapped off. Uh, the only way it could be bad is again the mental, the motivation. Like if the Bills now go from here, you know, doing the Richard Pryor thing, we bad, we bad, and they think they uh, that nobody can touch them, and they go the rest of the way, uh, thinking that they can sort of rest on their laurels and rest on this victory. That's the only way it could be bad, but uh, it's unfair for me to say they're going to do that because they haven't done it yet. So 
I'll, I'll back right. off from from that and I'll say, hey, you know, congratulations, you're the best, and hopefully you can go forward, you know, keeping up this type of play and this quality of play. Uh, I, I'm a little f- afraid of it. I'm a little afraid of them, you know, getting a big head. But uh, until they just until they show that they get the big head and they don't put put forth effort, you know, in games going forward, then th- right. I, I won't I won't demean them and put them down for it, just you know, just yet. And it's and a lot of it with the Bills is a lot of it like it is when we talk about teams like the Chiefs. The Chiefs and the Bills kind of similar yeah. in that way where they they get bored with the the bad teams, right? Yeah. So. I think that's where Buffalo, like especially coming off of this, if they were going this week and playing an also ran, I think I'd be a little bit more worried. But they're going, they're they're playing a good team, you know. They're playing another one of those, you know, preseason, you know, hot shit pick teams. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, although they're playing, you know, the Jags this week and they're home away from home. Yeah, that's interesting. You, you got to get on a plane and go to another continent right after that. So you don't have a well, whole they've been waiting for you, time. right? I doubt the Jags even left. They didn't. They, they I know right. for a fact they did not leave England. So, yeah. So they are this is like waiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though the yeah. Bills are the quote-unquote home team in this game. <laughs> go figure yeah, that we, one out. Uh, they they had they I guess they couldn't rip two home dates away from Jacksonville. They ripped one away from Buffalo I, this time. I guess I, I guess uh, to make it fair. I don't know. All right, the uh, worst of week four. Uh boy, I had so many places where I could have slotted this one, but because I've got something different for my stupidest, I'm gonna go uh, giving this to the Chicago Bears and that second uh, half quote unquote effort that they had against the Denver Broncos in a game, you know, well, yes, we we, we still have the Thursday night, you know, routing on our minds of what they did to Washington, but I could not be clouded by that in what we saw last week, which was just horrific in blowing the huge, you know, three touchdown lead. Uh, Matt Eberflus does his Brandon Staley worst impersonation passes up a late field goal, tries to go for it on fourth down, ends up not getting it, gifts the Broncos the ball back, and the Broncos go and kick a field goal and, and end up winning the game and cementing that comeback. Instead of stopping the bleeding, it would have been a 40-some yard field goal. For some reason, they opted out of it, got the just the head cold or something going on in that team, just brain farts and opts out of that for no reason, completes the collapse, allows the Broncos, who were just completely down and out in that game, to claw all the way back, and then you get some of the you get the loose ball handling, you get a you get a defensive touchdown for the Broncos. Just just an absolutely utter collapse at home. We still covered the <laughs> number, <laughs> which was really nice to to, you know, sort of come in on the hook on that one, even though we were, the we other felt trap. like we were falling. That was the trap game too, but we, we loved that hook. Um, mm-hmm. And we end up coming out on the right side of that one. But man, how, how bad was that collapse by the Chicago bears? And then I did not understand the not kicking the field goal to go up 31 to 28 at, at that point in the game, about four minutes left to go and at least force the Broncos to go the other way and score. You know what they did anyways. Right, and so it ended up being matter. a deciding factor. Right, so uh, that to me was the worst of the week. 
so you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Ah, kumbaya. Did I not tell you before the show we were going to be kumbaya on these awards, man? Told you. Let's see. You're in a struggle against a team. They got housed by 50 the game before. And you're still the underdog. Uh, everyone knows your coaches aren't any good. The players feel like garbage. The, the organization feels like garbage. The city is hating on you. Uh, and suddenly the team looks awesome. Oh, three touchdowns in the first half and destroying the Broncos and everything. Is, yeah. The quarterback can't literally can't miss a pass. Literally, his first 16 passes were complete. And up 28 to 7. Uh, how the hell do you lose that game? How, how do you? Oh my God! How do you blow a three-score lead to that outfit? Uh, any game at all, right. but especially to that team that the has been the, the, those two teams were the biggest laughingstocks in the league going into that game, and they both managed to live up to it. I don't know how they did it, but they both managed to be <laughs> to live up to, to being complete jokes. Broncos country, that's right. And you on came plus, back. You let that unit yeah. come back on you. Come on. On the plus side, that game did go over like I said it would. Oh yeah, we both liked that over because both those defenses are trash. Bears, Bears. And we were both all yeah. over that as well. That that aspect of it, and they, boy, how did they come through and and both perform like trash? How do you lose that game? Fields was an absolute superstar for three quarters. Yeah. And then Luke Getzey has brain farts, uh, and, and Denver storms back. Uh, you got to go for that field goal. It, yeah. it was tied. You, you got to yeah. go for that field. The Bears are going to bear. I, that's, you that's had the ball with Staley. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't know how you – And you, you of all people, <sighs> who sometimes are like, it's okay to go for it. You don't pass up those points. You got to take You have it. a reliable for, field goal kicker. You got to stop the bleeding. Get some points on the board. Put some pressure on the other team. For decent teams, it's great to to have balls of Staley and go for it and put pressure uh, on the other team that way and say, "Hey, we're here and we're gonna take what we want. We're not just gonna, you know, be happy to take three, or we're not gonna be happy uh, to. We're not gonna punt the ball and give up. But we're gonna be men and take what we need. If we need a yard, we're gonna take a yard because it's a yard. Yeah." Decent teams, not even great teams, just decent teams. Yes, I'm definitely in favor of doing right. that. When you're shit like the Chicago Bears are, when you're absolute complete shit and a, and a laughing stock, no, you got to take the points. You got to play smarter, not harder. I guess and you you, you, you got to do the right thing at that point. You can't afford to do the wrong thing because this is what happens when you do the wrong thing and try to man up and, and be the the big balls of steel. Um, and, and that's exactly what happens. That's how you blow a game. Like I cannot believe they lost that game. So yeah, absolutely worst of the week. So we're, we're two for two. Okay. So <laughs> I, I have a feeling we'll diverge on this one. Cause if we both have this same next one, I'm just done. Let's just, we'll just go right to the picks. <laughs> hey, what happened? Your biggest surprise of week four. Now I'm well, really smart, interested smart, to see Smartest of the week, right? Oh, I'm skipping. Oh, yeah. We're, we I'm, skipped. I, I skipped the uh, smartest and dumbest. You're absolutely right. It's okay. Uh, Your smartest of week four. Uh, my smartest of the week uh, goes off the field, not into the game itself, although it's a result of something that happened in the game itself. I'm giving this to 
goat coaching the Patriots uh, for very quickly trading for J.C. Jackson after uh, their superstar rookie Christian Gonzalez ends up going out for the season. So brings Bing brings back a former player home from the from the Clipper Chargers and uh, boy we uh, we had more trade action. Uh, a lot of that spilled over into what would be our, our week five time frame for me, which is in that Thursday, Friday uh, mode. But, hey, you know what? Patriots are reeling right now. It's not looking too good for them. They lose their – who might be – was looking like to be their best player on defense uh, for the season now. And then they go out there, hit the trade market, start some action going on the trades, and scoop up a player to bring them in right away to replace it. Gotta love that. I'm giving the GOAT coach and the Patriots the smartest of the week for just going out there and making a shrewd move um, in response to an injury. More teams need to do stuff like this. Okay. Um, yeah, we don't have the same. Um, I understand the move. I, I can I can like the move because he is a, a very good player and he obviously knows the system. Uh, I'm just wary of it. And it's a Belichick type of move for sure. But I'm just wary of it because of the, the behavior of Jay-Z Jackson uh, in the last couple of years. And he seems to be a little more mentally unstable than he was. And I don't know exactly what's going on there. So that makes me a little wary of it. But every other part of it, as far as the on the field, yes, that is an absolutely shrewd move by, by Bill Belichick. Uh, my smartest of the week, uh, you talked about the choices uh, in weaponry for the 49ers. And they gave up a lot for that one weapon at uh, at, one, at running back. Oh um, yeah. How, but but how does 106 rushing yards and uh, three touchdowns uh, and 71 receiving yards and another touchdown? How's that sound? Sounds I, like I Marshall Falk. <laughs> uh, White Marshall Falk. I, I think that's a smart move by the 49ers. I think the verdict is in, and acquiring Christian McCaffrey is officially a smart move. Uh, by the Niners, let the good times roll uh, in San Fran. That's what you're supposed to do to the Arizona Cardinals, by the way. Uh, I don't know if the Cowboys are paying attention. That's how you're supposed to treat the Cardinals. Uh, despite the Cards getting within a score, again, they they have fight, they have heart. You um, know, that that was not – that that cover was in doubt <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, till the very end. Yeah, yeah, they, they fought. The, the Cards uh, fought back as, as they have been doing. And uh, Debo very much beat up, and I, I told you about that before the game, and I said, I don't know how much he's going to contribute, and as it turned out, he didn't really contribute anything. Uh, Kyle Shanahan uses McCaffrey to the max to, to make up for, for Debo. You, you said they got so many weapons, and there you go. You use McCaffrey as a running back, as a receiver, uh, just doing yeah. everything out there. Uh, if he could have put him uh, in, in the secondary and had him play some cover three, he would have had him do that too. Uh, four TDs. Uh, tremendous effort by McCaffrey basically carrying the Niners on his back. And there's going to be days where Brandon Ayuk is carrying the Niners, and there's going to be days where George Kittle is carrying the Niners. There's going to be days where Debo is healthy and carrying the Niners. Uh, man, again, so many weapons, and uh, what, a, what a smart acquisition uh, to get Christian McCaffrey on a day that they really, really needed him. Yeah, you know, you hate to say that they needed him, quote-unquote needed him, against the Cardinals. I mean, they obviously needed him to cover the number. Uh, I think that's a game they probably win anyways, you know, because I've got a feeling evil genius would have schemed them up, even if they didn't have Christian McCaffrey and they would have come out with the W. But they wouldn't have come out with a 
14 point cover uh, by winning by 15. I don't know the the, the way the cards fight. Uh, if they didn't have McCaffrey, uh, you know who would who would they would have gone with? You know Elijah Mitchell. Elijah I mean, he Mitchell. Got hurt. No, don't worry. Your boy Evil Genius would have would have come. Shanahan's would have come up with something. That would have been the George Kittle show. Or I, I don't have no doubt that they would have come up with OW, but I don't think they would have been as impressive. Uh, and Christian McCaffrey, there, there's early MVP. Don't you love MVP talk after four weeks? Um, there's early MVP talk about Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> okay. Um, uh-huh. I, I don't know who I don't know who the leaders are in MVP because I don't listen to any of that. Oh, anymore. there's all sorts of first quarter MVP. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, it, it's talk. It's, it's sports talk. That's, that's what I you know. do. That's, if if we what had we're a, doing right now. Well, yeah. If we had a job where someone was paying us for it, then they would put that yes. in front of us, and we'd have to talk about it. We don't talk about it because we don't want to, because it's our show. But if we were being paid, they would be like, "Okay, guys, you got to do the first yeah. quarter MVP segment coming up after these commercials." <sighs> right. So we, each one of us would have our chalky guy, and then somebody would be with the, "Well, what hey, about? What yeah, about don't. Well, yeah, what about okay. Christian McCaffrey? Oh yeah, oh yeah. What about Puka Nakua? Oh gosh." Come yep. on, we, we we could format it already. We we already yep. know. Well, we've already got the black guy and the white guy. We just need the female moderator. <laughs> yeah, random blonde chick yeah. from uh, Stanford or something. That was, telling yeah, you, if we but, ever had a show where they paid us to do the show, we would call the show "Black Guy, White Guy, Female Moderator." <laughs> or first a Negro. That's not taking it. Right first, it writes itself. <laughs> That's right. No. Oh! Uh, your dumbest of week four. So last week we talked about the tush push, right? Yep. I'm going to talk about it again because what, what what's the response in, in not not the Richard Sherman response like I talked about last <laughs> week? I'm talking about the on field response to the tush push is hey everyone can do it, right? Well, well, it turns think. out everyone can't do it. Uh, oh. Let's go to the sad case of the New York Giants. Oh, who, no. First of all, getting thoroughly dismantled by the uh, Seattle Seahawks in prime time, uh, decided early in the game on their first drive of the game that they were going to try on a fourth and one, a tush push. Well, guess what? It didn't work. And they injured two of their own players on the play. And then oh. it comes out after the game, Brian Dable admits that they had never even practiced the play. <laughs> so he, he, it was part of their walkthroughs, but they never actually lined up in the formation and practiced the tush push. And he ends up getting one of his linemen and one of his tight ends, Daniel Bellinger, injured on the tush push play that they had never practiced. They don't make it, and then they get blown out by the Seattle Seahawks. Good job. <laughs> Good job, Brian Dable and the New York Giants for being the stupidest of the week, for trying to copy greatness in what the Eagles do, and they do it better than anybody else, and then you fail miserably, get your own players hurt, and don't even convert. Jeez. Don't, 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 don't. So he literally said, anyone can do this play. Let's just uh-huh. run it in the game, and we don't even have to practice it before. Practice? You're talking about practice, man. We don't even have to practice it. We'll just do it in our walkthrough. And, yeah, we got it. Good? Good? Okay, we good. All right, let's go. Let's go get them. Let's go, team. Ooh. That's, that's, that's the Giants for you. 
got a feeling that the Eagles have practiced that play. Well, they've done it a hundred times in game now, so they don't they don't have to practice it anymore because they've, now they've done it so much they can do it in their sleep. I'm sure. Um, oh, hang honey? on, I Uh-oh. see something. See, usually I get snuck up on, but that's not going to happen tonight. Oh, you saw you see a dinosaur. See, so 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 we have a gate that I can hear open and close, but I just saw somebody step over the gate. <laughs> oh, wait and wait. A, what are you dressed up like? A turtle. <laughs> so instead of a dinosaur, you're a turtle. Wow, he's covering all of the uh, prehistoric animals. Remember last animals. You were a dinosaur, Rar? <laughs> what are you? What are you? What are you tonight? You are a turtle. You. He has got a full pajama bodysuit turtle outfit on with a shell on the back and everything. Okay. Hey, live your live your best I life, man. You like turtles? <laughs> Wow. Are you coming to say goodnight, buddy? Yes. Okay, come here. Say say goodnight. Ah. I don't know what that noise is you're making. All right, goodnight, buddy. Goodnight. 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 <laughs> I, was, I was sitting here in my chair, and I was leaning back, and I can see kind of up to the top of the stairs. Turn off the light, buddy. Thank you. And then all of a sudden I saw a foot. <laughs> oh boy, I know what's happened in here. So instead of him opening up the gate at the because we have a dog gate at the top of the stairs so our dog doesn't get down here. Yeah. And uh that little sneaky boy. Uh, uh, he he's very young. Does does he know the meme of I like turtles, where that comes yes, from? Yes, he does. Just, okay. I didn't I didn't know if he had just heard it somewhere and because uh, he, he's not I don't think he was around when that was when that first no. happened. But, he, uh, he knows it. Okay. <laughs> he knows it. And those are his favorite animals, so ah, got that's it. why he probably knows it. Yeah, I like turtles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. It's, it, what, what's your stupidest of them? Oh, the, the, the cute factors never uh, never fail to, to impress. I was uh, I, I moved up you guys uh, coming down here uh, by a week because that's how excited I am to you see been them. Waiting and... for us, you would have been waiting for us for some ribs, and we wouldn't be there. <laughs> Man, I thought they were supposed to come through. What happened? Uh, my uh, where are my dumbest of the week? So uh, more Taylor Swift? Or... No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that again. I'm not Man. going back there. I, I know. I just I, I had to say it once just to get your your reaction. I, I won't be piling on that. No, so just the, the blatant <laughs> greed that the NFL displayed too that you're finding out about. Yeah, just trying. Yeah. I almost I couldn't give any of it an award because we don't have an award like that. Just like what made you greedy this week. last week? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, all about the the concert promoting and all that oh, good stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, uh-huh. No, I mean we got we got something for that, of course. <laughs> There's no such thing as bad promotion. No such thing I mean, as you bad know that, money. We could we could almost give out the Ted DiBiase award every week. <laughs> Uh, that would depress the hell out of me finding the greediest thing every week because that would very much be uh, depressing and, and dark and I, I don't want to go down that road. But yeah, that was pretty obvious how how uh, greedy that was. But money's money, right? Uh, now back to the dumbest of the week. I won't pile on uh, all the Taylor Swift covers. Nope, I'll pile on the Cincinnati Bengals instead. Um, they keep they keep trying to pretend like Joe Burrow can play all year like this. He, he can't. He can't. 
played like this. He's he's awful. He's so bad. Uh, they, you can't you can't keep doing that. Um, just the the way that he's playing, the the numbers that he's putting up, the offenses uh, pissed at him. The the teammates and the teams getting pissed at him. Um, uh, since he's in real trouble, Jamar Chase is is pissed. You saw his comments after the game about the they basically asked him, "Do you think?" Burrow's play is, is hindering you getting open. He's like, I'm always fucking open. So basically he's saying, this shit ain't on me, man. First of all, this is not my fault. Dumb, first, the question on it, the question is dumb on its face. Because how right. does the quarterback playing who can affect the wide receiver getting open? I, I'm not, I'm not sure. So that's a bait. Uh, that's a, they baited him into that one. And, and he took the bait. He bit right on it. Uh, but they're not going to cut him and trade him like the Bears did with Chase Claypool after his <laughs> comments. I mean, if Chase Claypool was that good, the Bears wouldn't have done it either. So no. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, Chase is pissed. T. Higgins broke a rib, so who knows yeah. when he's going to get back to a hundred percent. Burrow's at four point eight yards per attempt. He's not right. Four point eight. That maybe guy's so cool. Maybe all that cash is weighing him down. <laughs> I mean, we see what's the problem. It's, it's, he's hurt. He's, he's hurt. trying to yeah, act exactly. like he's not. And that's why it's. He's not just hurt. He dumbest. has a crap offensive line. He's always had that. But, so, but right, no, you're, he's hurt. You're absolutely now he right. can't run away from danger. <laughs> right. He can't run away from the constant pressure that he was always getting his entire career. Correct. Um, so, and that's why they're my dumbest because they're basically trying to act like nothing to see here, folks. He's he's going to get yeah. better. He's getting better that's and a, better. It's a naked gun meme right now for yeah. them. Yep. The 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 Bengal Stadium is on fire and they're the dog drinking the coffee. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. Nothing to see here. Please <sighs> move along. <No>. Please. You know <laughs> the exploding fireworks factory in mm. the background. So right. <sighs> yeah, I get it. That, that's okay. pretty dumb. It's not okay, guys. I mean, I, I, they don't want to go to some other quarterback because they basically would be admitting we're fucked. <laughs> but look, well, it, you, you know, do something. Perfect segue into because my surprise of the week. Uh, I referenced this game in my surprise of the week. Well, it was a surprise and it wasn't a surprise because we picked against the Titans, fully admitting that this was going to happen. <laughs> hey, what was, happened? Yeah, this was exactly the kind of spot where the Titan boy is there a more heckle and jide team mm. right now than the Tennessee Titans? I don't, I, I can't figure them out. <laughs> Believe no. me. Because they they had two wins, it's like coming off, they had two ugly L's and then two wins where you're just like, man, it just, they look really good. And, and then in their two L's, they're like, these guys suck. <laughs> and there they are. Yeah. Two and two. It's funny because that whole AFC South is two and two. And that leads to part of my, uh, surprise of the week, which is those performances by the Titans and the Texans. Hmm. Absolutely whooping those AFC North powerhouses, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals to a combined score of 57 to nine. Um, Houston uh, just, I can't say enough about what they're getting out of CJ Stroud and that offense. And they're, they're taking care of business right now. That, that passing game is 1200 yards now without an interception. You just keep seeing these numbers rolling up, um, making stars out of nobody's on that offense, looking really good Pittsburgh, man. And at Cincinnati, you want to talk about 
Cincinnati being dumb, what are the Pittsburgh Steelers doing? Their offense can't move. They can't score points. Kenny Smallhands ain't getting it done. The running game stinks. Those two teams absolutely look like dumpster fires right now in the Bengals and the Steelers. Uh, Very little good coming out of either one of those organizations or team efforts right now. And to, for what we always talk about, the worst, the worst division in the league, uh, that AFC South, everybody in that division has actually had shining moments. You'd be very hard-pressed to find any shining moments out of Pittsburgh and Cincinnati right now. And I'll tell you what, four weeks in, that's a surprise. No, it absolutely is. Um, this is one of those first quarter of the year things that you're going to go back in December and, and uh, you, you, is, you might go back. It's not that you're definitely going to go back, but uh, when I think about week two, week three, week four, and like you said, uh, CJ Stroud uh, and, and Puka Nakua every single week, this is uh, now four weeks uh, with this particular stat that no rookie has ever done their first three weeks, their first four weeks. Now their first five weeks, whatever happens this week, um, I, I hope they keep it up, but we've seen that happen so often that somebody comes on the scene that's brand new and the, the bright, shiny toy, um, and after the first three, four, five weeks, it's like, oh, my God, this, look at this. This is unbelievable. Uh, and then by the time week 15, 16 comes around and they've hurt themselves or lost their effectiveness, I'm not wishing it on Stroud or Nakua, but I'm just saying this is one of those perfect uh, setups where guess, you know guys shine in the first quarter of the season and then – you know, the, the flame peters out because nobody can keep, if you can keep it up all year at that kind of pace, then you are Marshall Falk. Then you are, you know, Justin right. Jefferson or something like that. Uh, maybe they are, maybe they are the next. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Give all the flowers uh, to CJ Stroud right now, lighting up Pittsburgh. Uh, he, he makes uh, Houston dangerous, which, yeah, that is a big surprise because who would ever thought we'd be calling the Houston Texans dangerous? And they absolutely are. Um, and then the Titans, yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, no telling, no, no. telling what we're going to like showing up. <laughs> um, by the way, that leads into uh, the uh, the defensive fantasy update that everybody's been waiting for for my fantasy team. Because um, we were talking oh, about what defense right. do I, I really told use you to hang tight with the Jets last week. Yeah, uh, did, and we were did that discussing. Not work out? Uh, no, no, it didn't. Um, we were I mean, discussing other. You had picks coming off the board in questionable manners. Well, shit happens. That, like you said, team defenses can be very, yeah. very fickle. Um, now, one so of the we also... was, uh, wait, 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 you segued off of the Titans on this one. Was that one of the ones I had told you to get? We were discussing possible free agent defenses um, because the defenses that I owned were the Jets and Bills. Yeah, and I was looking at both of those matchups. Like, I don't really want to use either one of Correct. them, but I don't, but I don't want to go find random free agent right. defense. Well, the breakdown goes like this: Jets put up seven points on defense. Bills put up okay. nine. Oh, okay. Titans off the waiver wire put up twelve on the mm. Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, so I could have used them. Uh, the defense that I really should have picked up since I had them as my lock would be the Jaguars, who put up 20. Uh, so that, that it really hurts because I lost the game last week by two points. Oh, uh, no. By less than oh. two points. Less than so two any of those, played the Bills. Any of those defenses, any Man. one of them, would have been better. 
than using the Jets. And the Jets were Jets killed yet. Evans not the worst. Right. They, and they didn't play bad defense against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. No, they, they, they just didn't ad, play they good played enough. admirably. They just didn't right. get the pick six or the, mm-hmm. you know, random sacks and fumbles and all. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, that's the way it goes. Defense. I hate it. <laughs> I, I'm not going to win this league. I'm one in three. It's uh, all my running backs keep getting hurt. My receivers keep are now starting to get hurt. T. Higgins broke a rib. I just it's not my year. It's it's just not my year, man. Um, so that's what the the update everyone I'm sure was okay. uh, was waiting on. I was listening to last week's show and I was thinking about that and I did not think to ask about it. So I'm glad you gave us the update because I'm sure that was on everybody's mind. Of course, because <laughs> nothing is more compelling than fantasy football talk. <sighs> anyway, uh, where are we? Uh, Let down. Did I get my surprise. You, you. I did not get my surprise yet. Oh, okay. So the last uh, Jets series, speaking of the Jets game, yeah. that wild Sunday night game, Kansas City takes the lead on the field goal, and Zach Wilson immediately responds by dropping a snap and giving the game away to the Chiefs because he never got the ball back after that because the Chiefs were able to run out the clock. The surprise is not that Zach Wilson fucked something up. The surprise is that Zach Wilson, after the game, he took the blame. He manned up. He, he did. did. He grew, he grew up grew a little up. bit. He absolutely did. He, I'm glad you called quote, this one out. <laughs> I was I, I was shocked. Like, what? This, this guy? That's why it's a surprise. <laughs> the direct quote was, to be driving right there to drop a snap, I cannot do that, unquote. Wow. You know what? Good for him. <laughs> this maybe, is Aaron Rod- maybe, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers is rubbing <laughs> off on a little guy, you know? <laughs> After last year, when he's, uh, is there anything you no. can do to help your team? No. No. Uh, uh, okay. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> Don't you go sack I, yourself. <laughs> I, I was I was very surprised to see that Zach Wilson actually did some growing up. I don't know if that's Aaron Rodgers or if that's just you're in New York and you're going to have to actually uh, man up and figure out a way to take responsibility or else that media is going to continue to eat you alive like they have been doing. Um, so in the midst of another terrible season, at least uh, he learned how to take responsibility off the field uh, after the game. So good for him. That quite literally was a surprise. <laughs> it really was. I was. I am with you on that one. I, good, good. <laughs> All right. Uh, now on to your letdown. Even though I won the pick by the slimmest of margins, how can you be? the Los Angeles-San Diego Clipper Chargers and not absolutely put away the LV Raiders and Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> they let that guy hang around and hang around and hang around and put that game into question late. It, it, you know, no Jimmy G, you're going to a backup, and you let the backup absolutely scare you at your own house there's no way that you should do that, and that and for a team that ha- hasn't exactly been playing the best ball so far. I mean, they're, they're they're two and two. A lot of teams, you know, you can go places from two and two. Uh, season's not anywhere close to being over, but you haven't been the most impressive team so far. You are in a soft spot against a team missing its starting quarterback. You've got some, I dare to say, random Allen back there starting for the Raiders in this last game, and you can 
and you can cover by a half a point. <laughs> I mean, that is that that was a letdown. Even though they won, they covered. I won the pick. All that's great. You should have absolutely boat raced these guys, and you didn't. That that just can't bode well for for them. Uh, you know, they escaped the week before uh, against the Vikings because they were playing the only team in football that might be stupider than them. <laughs> and then they go home, get right spot team with its backup quarterback and you still have to muddle your way through it. That That's just absolutely got to be a letdown for a team that people expected to take a next step. Uh, you know, part of the reason why they led down that game, your favorite coach going for it in their own end. <laughs> Go coach. Oh my God. Balls Dude. of Staley. No, it, it, it got better. He topped himself, went for it in his own half of the field with a quarterback who just busted his finger previously in the game. Yeah, sure, sneak that guy. That guy with a busted finger. Good job. Good idea. Good job. Good effort. What the hell? Uh, um, and still found a way to, to win and cover and, and take one of the two picks uh, that you had uh, head-to-head against me. Uh, also, that game contributed to the terrible no-good week of, the, uh, of my worst of the week, the Bears. What in the world did that game have to do with the Chicago Bears? It's because who needs Joey Bosa on the field when Khalil Mack turns back the clock and gets six sacks? Six sacks. Six of them. I'm pretty sure John Gruden said those kinds of guys are hard to find. (laughs) Very much. (laughs) That's why you don't trade guys like that. Oh, whoops. Apparently apparently you do. I I, I don't know. Um, Yeah, that's just part of it. Yeah, the Bears could... Could use somebody like that right now, but yeah, did they... Roquan have six sacks too? Ah, uh... <laughs> well, that was a whooping he... that they put on Cleveland, and we did not talk about it. But right, no, he, he may he may not have uh, he may not have had six sacks, but they handled the uh, old DTR very easily. Yeah, yeah, um, no, he did. He only had ten tackles. <laughs> oh, that's all. Bears can't yeah. use that either. No, ten tackles and two pass defenses, but no sacks. So he's a bum. Terrible. That's why the Bears got rid of him. That's why sucked. they traded him. Roquan's a bum. Right. Uh, um, my letdown of the week. The worst loss in the 498 game career of the GOAT coach. 38-3. to 38-3. And it was to Mike McCarthy. It, uh, uh, and like I said in my uh, picking of that game where I took New England and the points, the blueprint's there, man. Run the football and control the clock, and the Cowboys will let you do it because uh, they're, they're, they're light defensive front. Now, I understand the game script got out of hand after Mac Jones starts giving the ball away and throwing it to the other team and pick six and all that, uh, and you can't run yeah. the ball when you're down, you know, 90 to nothing in the first yeah. quarter. I, I get it, but – Still, I would still have committed to the run because you're not going to win with Mac Jones throwing you back in the game. That sure the hell isn't going to work. So why not just stay committed? I don't understand. I really don't. Why New England didn't commit to the run. Uh, Mac Jones got benched at, at one point. He was trying too hard. He was trying to uh, rally everybody back and throwing even more interceptions and fumbling it away and all that. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, that's Belichick's fault too because like, he has no confidence because he – he knows you know he sucks. Uh, you, you you haven't used him correctly, and you, when he when you try to use him, you overuse him, and, and he doesn't 
uh, play any good. And I, I don't understand it. Uh, where was Zeke Elliott? Where? This was the revenge Two, game, right? I, I, good on well, the Cowboys for for neutralizing and then making the Patriots one dimensional, just like they did to the Jets. So give the Cowboys their credit for doing it, but come on. The 2.3 yeah. yards per carry as a team. 2.3. Yeah. They didn't give a. They didn't give Belichick a reason to stick with the run. Uh, but I still would have done it anyway because that's the only way you had any chance at all to win that game. But you didn't, and you wind up losing by 35. Uh, worst outing of his career, and that that was a big letdown for me. It was a good bounce back. Uh, good bounce back for the for the Cowboys, right after yeah. that embarrassment that they had. So they they were, I guess they were due for a, a bounce back spot. But last week we had seven games that classified as blowouts. I mean, you had seven different times teams uh, lost where the opponent got over twenty, and they were held under ten. I mean, so you know, seven games where teams only could couldn't even get out into the double digits for points, and other the other team the lowest point total of any of those teams was twenty three. Hmm. on the winning side. So, yeah, that's seven blowouts by what I would figure blowouts last week. That's just wild. Yeah, that's interesting. A lot of ugly one-sided games last week. Yeah, we had 23-7 Jacksonville, Atlanta, 28-3 with Baltimore, 26-9 with Tampa, 30-6 Houston, we already talked about, 27-3 Cincinnati and Tennessee, 38-3 in this one, 24-3 Seattle and the Giants. That's a lot of blowout football. It is. Uh, and usually we look at it when it's a lot of close games. We go, well, it's the NFL. You don't know. You, you parody. can't tell from one week. Or the, <laughs> yeah, a lot of parody. Yeah. Wasn't a lot of parody last week. No, it was it was, it was was blowouts. Uh, more, almost half the games were blowouts last week. And well, then, that mean, you had, then you had the, the competitive games were blowouts in some of them. Like Buffalo blew out <laughs> Miami. You know? I mean, so I mean, <laughs> there were very few close games last week. That was a hell of a game for a quarter and a half. <laughs> uh, so all those blowouts means you had a lot of choices uh, for your struggling. So which one? I did. Struggling. Which one did you go with? I have not yet. We are now going into week five here, giving out our award for week four. So we've, this is our fourth time going through. I have managed to take it very easy on the refs. But... <laughs> That holding call at the end of Jets Chiefs, which was mm. scrutinized over and over, might you know if if you're gonna have that conspiratorial bent to you and watch football, there is no way that you can watch that play of defensive holding called on Sauce Gardner. I think believe that was against MVS, right? Yeah, um, so. where there's a call for defensive holding. You know, up you know twenty yards before the actual play itself, which was an interception, a horrible interception to Patrick Mahomes threw into triple coverage. The receiver wasn't even looking for the ball, and you've got crystal clear video of the ref on the on the side throwing the flag way after the interception <laughs> on a defensive holding call that happened twenty yards up the field. Wait, really early in the play. This guy waits, he double clutches, and he waits to throw the flag until the pick is thrown. And if that doesn't leave you scratching your head or wondering 
there's something really going on here. That that was it right there, all in a nutshell. We talk about the NFL and its complicity and this Taylor Swift thing and how it's all about the money. The Jets were hanging around in that game. You you can't have that kind of a look. And we've seen this happen a few times now where it's just well-documented on film where all of a sudden there's a negative play and then the flag comes out. Oh, uh, all right. Over, I guess I got to call the, this now. Yeah. Then the flag comes in. You you, you saw a deep of holding 20 yards up the field. And then you wait for the ball, you know, for balls to move around and, and dance around and then chuck an absolutely ugly ball into triple coverage. Should have been his uh, fourth pick of the game because the third pick of the game he should have thrown got dropped. <laughs> he only ended up officially with two on the books, but that was an ugly play at the worst possible time that would have put the Jets in a great spot to, you know, pull the upset. And just not a good look for the NFL, for the refs. Uh, social media was, was explodes um, <laughs> the next day, and there were a, enough breakdowns of that play and, you know, in the spot box on that ref throwing the flag. Well, and, and then to call something that happened so early in the play, so far up the field, if it was defensive, hold, why, that flag should have been out mm-hmm. already. You can't wait until the play is over and then go, oh, Patrick Mahomes threw a pick. I better fix this. <laughs> uh, not a good look for the league and the refs who, who struggle enough as it is that when you have something that, that looks that bad and is that blatant, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure there's a perfectly benign reason for it, but that's not a good look for the league or for the refs. No, it is terrible. It does make it seem like, oh, the, our star player made another boo-boo. Let me go make this right and then call this flag here. Um, I'm glad you didn't say that it shouldn't have been defensive holding because it was absolutely defensive holding on sauce. Um, oh yeah. Now, can you say there's holding like that throughout the game on all the other DBs? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that was definitely holding the flag should have been thrown. It should have been thrown a lot more timely there as you're, as you're saying, uh, they tried to make, uh, Robert Sala have a heart attack. He was losing his oh, yes. shit. He got flagged. Yeah. Because he was absolutely, he wanted to like take. I, he like he wanted to take his hands and put them on the refs. Like he, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy you want to get on the bad side of. I don't want to make him mad. I know that he he does not look like someone I want to make mad. Um, and he and he's usually not the type to get mad. He's very even keel. But yeah. for that particular play, he his face was turning red, and he was had the Ralph Cramden bug eyes, and he really did not uh, like that call at all. Um, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him for getting mad because the, the timing did look really bad. However, it was a penalty. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a crazy game Sunday night, um, and, and some really bad mistakes by by Patrick Mahomes. So yeah, that's two games now that the Jets have uh, hung around in at home. One they pulled out, and the other one uh, they just barely lost, but they did cover. Uh, although they could have not covered that if Pat Mahomes wanted to run that ball into the end zone on the last play uh-huh. instead of sliding in bounds. Was there some money sticking out of his back pocket? Uh, another bad beat. Uh, whoever had money on the Chiefs and uh, gave the, the eight points or however many it was, uh, eight and a half. Oh, oh my gosh. I, I feel for you. That's all I can say. Yeah, we I, both, I we were both, I think that, was that one of our L's? Yes, we we both had that pick, but I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I bet that one. So I'm well, good. so glad I didn't. I think I'd remember if I did, and I'd probably lead off the show uh, with a string of expletives if I did uh, put money on that. Um, 
and I got to look at the uh, college scores as soon as this show's over because I got a good amount of money riding on Colorado tonight if they can hold on to their wow. win. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, that's a. I know you wanted to make the refs uh, struggling and have something to say basically since the since week one. Like you've had it out for for, for some of the refereeing pretty much from uh, as soon as the season started. So um, I guess that's good restraint on you for not ripping them Thank one uh, all season. But that one you just had to to say something. Well, that about. one was so pretty, sussy. yeah, pretty egregious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I mean, it just wasn't the right call. Yeah, most likely it was the right call. Uh, I think that holding both offensive and defensive holding is the keeps is the best keep scores close option in the league. Because if you want to extend drives or kill drives or stall momentum or give a team momentum, you can throw that flag pretty much any time you want. Um, you can have it every play. And yeah, and that one really just hit the hit the spot as far as well we need this one right now oh, oh Mahomes just threw a pick into triple coverage his re- for a receiver who wasn't even looking for the ball so let's yeah. flag the defensive holding that happened 20 yards up the field on them no 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 that that flag should have already been those guys should have been tripping over that flag on their way up the sideline <laughs> that thing should have been flying in there and instead it wasn't and to, you know and then you start to hear the apologists talking about how well, sometimes they wait to no. You should never. If it's a foul, no. it's a foul. Yeah, there's no waiting. If he held the receiver up, then throw the flag. No matter what the play call uh, yeah. winds up being. It, you know, no, a foul is a foul. You know, you know the, the the NBA refs don't wait to don't swallow the whistle and then oh, when the shot doesn't drop, oh, oh, oh foul. Uh, unfortunately, that happens sometimes too. Well, but it shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't. But yeah, if LeBron takes a bad three and it just clanks off, and sometimes you get that whistle. Oh, he got hit on the elbow. We got a oh, okay. Line. Yeah, that happens that, there too. This though was this, this, this was like delayed reaction though. Right. No, it's and, uh, definitely a struggle fest for the refs uh, when you do something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's a hard job, right? I mean, it's not like it's it an is. easy job, but when you you don't want to put the spotlight on yourself like that, um, in that spot, and, and yeah, and again, if that flag had been out. Yeah, sure. Maybe people want to, you know, talk about the validity or the ticky tackiness of the foul, or say, "Well, that's been happening the whole game, and now they wait to." Yeah, we've seen plenty of games like that where they'll swallow the whistle and then something conveniently gets called. We've had two super last two Super Bowls have ended that way. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah, we we can go back and adjudicate those uh, as well. Yeah, there, yeah, it is a problem. Ah, <sighs> your did uh, we get your struggling? Struggling. No, we've been uh, beating up uh, on New York football because um, I beat, I gave the Jets uh, my struggling for for all that garbage from last week, and uh, you give the uh, the refs the struggling here. Uh, so I'll keep beating up on New York football. Let's go to Monday night. Time for the other New York team to get the the name of treatment uh, because the New York Giants. You know they have pieces to be a, a tough team, but they're so bad at some very key elements of football like. Tackling and uh, pass protection. Yeah, We're practicing the tush push. <laughs> yeah, all of that. Uh, so the Giants allow the uh, the Seahawks to just romp uh, ten sacks of Danny Dimes. Ten, mm. man. The Seahawks uh, he... went from being one of the worst to the best in the league in sacks thanks to that one game. Hey, we can pressure the quarterback. We just have to play the Giants. 
Oh, man. Uh, I think you actually undersold on that one. I actually think it was 11. I think it was 11 as a team. I think Danny Dan's got 10 and somebody else got one oh, okay. or something. Yeah, but it was, uh, it was a lot. He never had a chance. He never had a chance in that game. And, and that pick six to Devin Witherspoon made Brian Dable – that made him about as mad as Robert Sala the night before. We had – Coaches, New York coaches, losing their shit and their heads exploding on uh, primetime football for the world to see because Dable like took that uh, whatever uh, pad thing to look at the previous plays or whatever and basically fired it at uh, Danny Dimes while he was sitting on the bench after that pick. It's like, what are you doing, kid? What is this? Uh, so I, I don't think that really. Yeah, I don't know if it well. was, Yeah, because I don't think he. I think he's launched it because I don't. Danny Dimes is. Uh... I don't know what was said there, but I don't think it was a positive exchange. I don't think he was too <laughs> impressed with his. I don't think he was too impressed with his star quarterback, star quote unquote star quarterback, um, on that. I was watching the uh, the Manning cast version of that game, and uh, quite quite hilarious. <laughs> they they trashed the Giants that whole night. Well, of course, you know Eli played for the Giants, yeah, right? So he's like not secretly rooting for them uh, in the game. And it was not it was not good. No, if you're a Giants fan and you're watching that, it's, it's, uh, I'm shocked there wasn't a, a, a bleep button and a, a string of expletives from, from Eli. <laughs> no, those guys, those guys keep it pretty fresh. Uh, they're, they're, they're not, uh, you know, they're not dropping the f bombs. They're probably you probably could have. Right. Uh, maybe Pat McAfee will take over their role uh, someday, and then it'll be all the uh, all the f bombs and s bombs yeah. and everything else. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get some some Danielle going. What? Uh, what in week four made you say? I hate to pick. I hate to pick on the team that won and a team that won impressively on Thursday night in the Detroit Lions, right? Oh yeah. But what did they draft Jameer Gibbs for? <laughs> Why? They took. They, they used a, a top pick, their number one, their first number, their, their number one pick on this running back. Dan Campbell says, we are going to use this guy in ways you won't expect. You know what I didn't expect? That that way would be to not use him at all. <laughs> he said you wouldn't expect it. I didn't expect it. Uh, what, the, <laughs> what the hell is going on with them and Jameer Gibbs? David Montgomery goes 32 for a buck 21 on the night, yeah. punches it in three times into the end zone, and your first round draft pick running back, can barely sniff the field. This is this guy's supposed to be useful in the passing game. He's an elusive runner. Uh, he was after the first two weeks on pace. If he would have just played through the season, like to break the all-time record for uh, forced missed tackles, because he's that elusive. And they just decide to give it to old three yards and a cloud of dust, David <laughs> Montgomery. It was effective in that game against the against the Packers, but I, I'm sorry. You don't expend that like the the Falcons very quickly transitioned here now to where it's the Bijan Robinson show, right? Right. And Tyler Algier is you know now second guy. Where in the first game it was a little bit more uneven, and you know it was like feeling the way, and you kind of expect that early in the season because you got an established back in the league, but now you're working in the stud. That's not happening with Detroit, where that's like completely over with in Atlanta. Uh, what the hell are they doing with Jameer Gibbs? Why would you sp- – first of all, if you're not going to use the guy, why would you expend the draft capital? That's what blows me away. Right. To use that high of a draft pick when you could have had any other number of these guys who could have contributed to your team. 
If you were just going to keep giving the ball to David Montgomery, effectively so, now you're being stupid. I don't like that move by the Detroit Lions so far. What the fuck are they doing? Uh, the first thing they're doing is, is uh, adding and contributing to the terrible Bears week by having David Montgomery just yeah. be a complete superstar. <laughs> so that was a part of it. It was just the, the shit on Chicago week is basically what that uh, clued into. So uh, it it kind of makes sense when you look at the meathead, you know, knee-biting coach, um, Dan Campbell. I, I think they're just doing the old school way of running a football team, which is, I don't care how high we draft you as a rookie, you're going to come in and, and pay your dues. You're doing the Dusty Baker. You're going to be behind the veteran, and you're going to uh. pay your dues. And when I decide that you're good enough to be used in a more uh, positive manner, then that's when I'll use you, but not a day before. So I think that's basically all that is. That's how he's going to run his team. He's got to uh, earn it. He's got to earn it. He's got to you know, serve behind the veteran. And this is how it's done. We're gonna, you're going to watch the veteran, and that's how we want it to be done. And you're going to learn from him, and then you're going to get in there when we feel like putting you in there. So uh, it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about how high uh, they draft a, a running back. With very few teams draft running backs that high, you would think they would immediately stick him in there. But no, you're, you're going to you're going to stay behind. You're going to serve behind, and you're going to watch and, and learn. And we'll, we'll put you in there when we feel like putting you in there. He, he said we're going to use him in ways you wouldn't expect, and that's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> he's doing it to a T. <laughs> Uh, that, that that's the only thing I can possibly explain that as. Uh, I don't have to go on too long about my what the fuck because I kind of touched on it a little bit, but just the fact that it was some bad deja vu in the Meadowlands uh, for that Sunday night game because it was very similar to the win uh, over the Bills, the Jets playing very similar, uh, outclassing basically the Chiefs. Uh, just yeah. like they outclassed the Bills on that in that Monday night game that the Bills had every right to uh, run over them and win, and just the, the Jets would not let them. They said, no, we're going to play strong, and we're going to make Project throw some arm punts, and we're going to steal that game. They almost stole this game against the Chiefs. Uh, the, the, the D started affecting the star quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, and making, making him make some bad plays and some bad turnovers, and they gave the Jets a chance to win. And I'm just – Sitting there, you know, as somebody who picked, like I said, I didn't have money on it, but we both picked the Chiefs to to romp and go in there and you know bring the the whole Taylor Swift bandwagon in and just be the stars of the show, and it it wasn't going like that at all. And it's like, what the fuck? What 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 are we doing here? Like, I I, I respect the Jets very much, especially the defense, but they they shouldn't have beat the Bills, and I don't think they should have competed with the Chiefs. They're not on that level, especially with that quarterback, Zach Wilson, although there's nobody better behind him. It's not like it would be, you know, a different story if they, were, if they had Simeon. Trevor Simeon out there. <laughs> I don't think that would make a difference. But either way, but I, I just really don't think the Jets should be competing in these games, but they kind of are, like, despite themselves. And it's a little inspiring to watch, but it's also a little annoying because I keep picking against them, and, I, and they keep – showing up yeah. and having these, these well, strong efforts. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Come well, on. not only that, it's got to be frustrating. Uh, it's, it's frustrating as well because you know you're watching one of the top three defenses in the league, right? And you got an argument for that? Yeah. Just, just shoot themselves in the foot on the offensive side of the football. So that you know that the team is destined to go nowhere, but they are going to make it hell for teams during the season. And the fact that they lost to New England, 
Just it's ah, <laughs> talk about frustrating. Like you beat the Bills, you could have beaten and should have beat beaten the Chiefs. the Chiefs, and then you couldn't beat Mac Jones and the uh, <laughs> right. the game that, that 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 was my letdown the previous week. It's like you had to win that game. Right. Yeah, the the underdog. Uh, yes. <laughs> And then whenever that rematch comes up down the road, uh, jump all over that under again, folks. Uh, throw all your money on that under again if you didn't do it the first time, because I don't under, imagine it's going to be much be different. Twenty nine and a half the next time those two play, <laughs> and hammer it. Yeah, hammer that under. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about the uh, the loss of the uh, one of the most legendary linebackers in the history of football, except the. Uh, in fact, that unfortunately, seeing his yeah, name, Sky Point. Is, uh, seeing his name in the news, the first thing that came to my mind was immediately flashing back to uh, one of the many uh, corrupt idiot governors that we've had uh, for the state of Illinois, George Ryan, um, who was, I don't know if you even remember this happening, if you ever heard of it happening, but uh, he's supposed to be introducing Mike Ditka at some event or other. Uh, this is about probably 10 years ago and showing his complete lack of sports awareness. He gets up there, he goes through this long introduction, he's winding up and he's about to introduce him and he finishes off George Ryan does with, here he is the coach, the hall of famer, Dick Butka. <laughs> I was like, what? What the fuck is Dick Butka? So clearly he got Dick Butkas on his brain and didn't Mike know. Oh my God. Couldn't figure out between Mike Ditka and Dick Butkus and came up with Dick Butka. And I promise you, I searched everywhere for that sound drop because it's out there somewhere, but I couldn't find it, so I don't have it. But you have to take my word for it, folks. Google George Ryan Dick Butka, and that story is out there. Um, so, unfortunately, that's the first thing I think of when I think of Dick Butkus. Um, not because he wasn't uh, an absolute great, but simply because he was before our time. We never saw him play. He was through playing right. by the time we, we started watching football. But, you know, uh, growing up, with that team and that 85, he was always around. Right. You know, he was definitely like a the, Bears mascot we've seen for all the John Crescenda highlights of Dick, <laughs> mm-hmm. Dick Buckus. Uh, <laughs> Dick Buska. Um Yeah, with the bleeding hands and the, the yeah. hot bubbles and then the, the hits that he was making. and all uh, every, every tackle in his career was a personal <laughs> foul in today's NFL. <laughs> Uh, the clothesline got outlawed by players uh, such as Dick Butkus. I'm not saying directly because of Dick Butkus, but the, the clothesline used to be a part of football and got outlawed because of people like uh, Dick Butkus, who was absolutely one of the greatest linebackers of all time and a great Chicago Bear, and rest in peace to Dick Butkus and Dick Butka. All right. Uh, for that, uh, the Bears apparently got their mojo on and got their, their tribute in to Dick Butka and gave us a victory to start off the week Thursday night, so we're very happy uh, about that. And we both uh, were trying to be cute. We both thought the, the team Manderskins would actually be the better team and win the game, but just not Doesn't cover. Matter. We both knew that they didn't deserve we're geniuses. six points. Doesn't eight. matter. Doesn't we matter. Win. <laughs> we won. And I won money, so I'm very happy about it. Um, so we got 13 more games to pick for week five coming up. We'll do that in a couple of minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website 
or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and look through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, in much less detail, at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is in much less detail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of J and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the expressed written consent of J or Me is strictly prohibited. Start of the uh, bye season in the NFL. First bye weeks being taken this week. So those fans of the Browns, the Chargers, the Seahawks, and the Buccaneers can take a week off and take a breath and get ready for week six. Uh, how do you think of, of of your picks this week? Uh, were they difficult for you? Uh, no, uh, which is scary. <laughs> you feel good about them? No. <laughs> So the picks were easy, but you don't feel good about them. Always. Uh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> not, not quite sure what to make of that. Um, I, I'm i like it, very much in the middle this week. I don't feel bad about them, and I don't think it was difficult, but I don't think it was easy, and I don't have the greatest of confidence. So I'm, I'm very uh, very much in the middle. I don't, I don't know what that means either. But my lock kind of jumped out at me like, oh, yeah, definitely. Which I'm being means I'm... snuck up on again here. Uh-oh. Rawr! <laughs> why aren't you, you in bed? It's bed. Oh, are you saying, saying good night? All right, come here. Good night. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you breathing on the microphone? <laughs> good night, buddy. See you in the morning. You're a dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, he went from a turtle back to a dinosaur. Good night, buddy. Okay. Having uh, identity issues. He's identifying as a lot of different things. I I guess he's in that turtle sore. Okay. He's in that experimental phase at the moment. All right. Yeah. Uh, We will start our picks for week five back overseas again in London. Uh, this time at the soccer stadium up in uh, Tottenham Hotspur for the Jags and the uh, Bills. Uh, as you said, the Bills are the home team. Doesn't really matter. Um, they're over. They're really the Jaguars are the home team because they're the London Jaguars. They're the first team ever to play two straight games in uh, in London, uh, getting practice in for what they're eventually going to be when they move out of Jacksonville permanently. Uh, Bills are three and one. Jags are two and two. Uh, 
a lot of injury issues. Jags uh, might get Zay Jones back at receiver from his knee injury, uh, but they will not have their linebacker, Devin Lloyd. He's out with a thumb injury. For the Bills, of course, uh, in their big win last week, they unfortunately had to say goodbye again to Tredavious White, who tore his Achilles this time. Man. Uh, so another season in the in- injury for him. The tough star cornerback just can't stay on the field. But they're trying to get Von Miller on the field tomorrow. Mets wants to make his debut uh, for, for pass rushing purposes. And they're going to need him because Gregory Rousseau is out with a foot injury. Uh, so after all that, the Bills are the big favorites uh, over in London, minus five and a half versus the Jags. And a sneaky spot for the Buffalo Bills coming off of that huge blowout win against the Dolphins. Uh, the Jags. What last time these time that these teams met? That was that nine six Jags win uh, down in Jacksonville when they were fourteen and a half point underdogs. <laughs> uh, you know that was the poster child game for the Bills of not getting up their opponent, right? Yeah, because yeah. we highlighted that game as the reason they did not get home a home field. Right. Was you got to win you that went game down to Jacksonville? <laughs> you are a two plus touchdown favorite. And you lose a field goal matchup to the Jags. So, yeah. Uh, but that was because the Buffalo Bills take bad opponents lightly, and the Jags aren't a bad opponent this time. These are this is a good Jaguars team. I don't think the Bills are going to come in there expecting to show up playing the Jags basically on their home turf, uh, even though it's a home game for the Bills. The, the Jags are very comfortable playing in London. They did it last week. They blew the doors off the Falcons playoff team last year. I'm riding the hot hand team here. I'm sticking with the Bills. I'm giving the points. Uh, weird things happen in London. I get all that. The Jags have played these guys tough the last few times, but totally different Jags team, and the Bills are rolling. So I'm going to take Buffalo, give the points. Yeah, I even had that in my notes. Uh, we know what the lackadaisical Bills look like because the, they went to Jacksonville a couple of years ago and lost 9-6. to six. So I, I absolutely referenced that. Uh, so, yeah, this is basically all about will the Bills fall down after rising up versus uh, the Miami Dolphins. Like, uh, Diggs ain't having that game two weeks in a row. Um, I love Stephon Diggs, but he's not doing that two weeks in a row. He's not having three touchdowns and tearing away from defenders. Uh, is he? I, we don't, I don't think he is. Um, so that's really the only question to me is will the Bills continue to play like they've played after that Jets game? They seem like they're a different team. They seem like a different focus the quarterback definitely seems different and it still sticks with me how he took responsibility after the Jets game for his arm punts and his bad play because he looked like shaken by it like he looked like he really was affected uh realizing it almost like it finally dawned on him okay we might be damn good we might even be a champion if I could just stop making stupid plays just stop being stupid so project since that Jets debacle has been superb I'm going to concur. I think he's going to keep it up. I think they're a new team, a different team. I, don't, I hope it lasts all the way through the end of the year because I picked them to win the title. Um, but I'm going to take the uh, the Bills and give the five and a half along with you, and, and I'd say they, they keep up that good play. Coming back stateside for the rest of the Sunday action, we'll start with the Houston Texans and the Atlanta Falcons. They're both two and two, and yet they feel very different. One team feels like they have a lot more going for them than the other. Uh, the Texans uh, might get Laramie Tunsil back at left tackle from his knee injury. Uh, at home, the uh, Falcons are the very slight favorite. Uh, they lay one and a half hosting Houston. Yeah, well, the last time the Falcons were a one and a half point favorite, guess what? They won and didn't cover. So let's hope <laughs> that we don't get a, 
let's hope we don't get a replay of that one. Um, no, the the question here, yeah, Houston seems more like the known commodity. Like we know what we're going to get. Stroud's been playing great. He's distributing the ball. He's, he doesn't look like a rookie. Hasn't had that rookie moment game yet. Yeah, he's going to have him. He's not going to be perfect through the season. Atlanta's the team that you have to seem to try. Like they're the riddle, not the Ritter, the riddle that you have to try to unlock here. And, well, and to me, it just breaks down to, is Atlanta playing against a team that they can exploit with the ground game? Can they can Bijan Robinson, and Algier, and that running attack move the ball effectively and efficiently against Houston? Yeah, Houston's not a very good run D. Uh, they're middle, bottom middle of the league right now, but historically a very easy team to run against. Atlanta's 2-0 at home. Also, sneaky, sneaky defense coming out of the Falcons right now. Fourth in the league against the pass. Would you have ever thought that? No. Uh, I'm sorry, fifth in the league against the pass. Fourth in total defense. So maybe, maybe this is the game. You know where uh, where C.J. Stroud finds Jesse Bates or A.J. Terrell or somebody makes a big play or they get to him and they shake him up a little bit. I'm going to take Atlanta here at home in a very close contest. Okay. Yeah, uh, birds back from England uh, to face the feisty Texans. Uh, I historically don't like taking any team that plays in England uh, the week before and then gets on a plane, comes back and plays uh, in America the very next week. I think I already trust the Houston quarterback over the Atlanta one. He's, he's only been in the uh, league yes. for four weeks. Um, I'm on the I'm on the t- countdown to, to to Tyler Heineken here. Looking for some beer, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the Falcons have to run for 250 to win this one. So I, I yep. agree with your principle absolutely straight out. If the Falcons can dominate the game on the ground, then they can win the game. Um, but I think they have to like completely dominate and completely control the time of possession because if if they're up and they give C.J. Stroud enough time, uh, he, he's got no, no fear. He's got zero fear. Uh, he's going to bomb them back and, and win the game through the air. And if they uh, don't control the, the ground game and don't control the clock and give C.J. Stroud all the time that he wants, and he's just going to carve them up anyway. Um, yeah, I, I think the Falcons are improved defensively, um, but I don't know if that's going to hold up uh, on the fast track in the dome against C.J. Stroud and his receivers, the way they're playing right now. Uh, I don't know who's going to really slow them down too much. So I'm going to take the Texans in this one. Uh, it should be an, an interesting matchup. Uh, on to Carolina and Detroit. The Panthers uh, are not interesting to anybody. They are 0-4. The, the uh, Lions are 3-1, and um, but they've got issues. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown got an ab strain. He's not going to play tomorrow. They're going to gamble on Jamison Williams being ready to play. Uh, you see what I did there. Uh, coming back from his suspension, uh, which is a lot shorter than they thought it was going to be. They got reduced uh, during the week. Uh, Jameer Nelson, uh, Jameer Gibbs, uh, I went back to the NBA for a second. Jameer Gibbs, uh, has a hammy. So I, that might be, uh, more David Montgomery tomorrow. Cause I don't know how much they're going to, they don't want to, they didn't want to give Jameer Gibbs a lot of time anyway. They're going to give him even less if he's got a hamstring that he's dealing with. Uh, in this one, the Panthers are the big underdogs, Bryce Young and the Panthers plus nine and a half at the Lions. Yeah, that's a big number. Uh, I'm taking the points here. 
uh, injuries for the Lions. They're a little bit nicked up. Carolina has been – they're bad. I don't know if they're just blowout bad here at this point. You know, I, I, I think that Detroit's going to, you know, have these moments where as an up-and-coming team, that, you know, especially as a big home dog. When was the last time that the Lions – when was the last time that the Lions, first of all, were a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against anybody? Um if you don't think that the players see that, if that doesn't go anything towards, hey, we're just going to be able to show up and we're going to win this game. This feels like that kind of game where I think the Lions are going to win, but I think it's going to be a little bit more contested than they're expecting. Uh, Carolina is really bad, but they do have fight in them, so they haven't quit. I mean, um, but they are bad. So I'm going to take the Lions, purely a points play here. Uh, so I'm Lions to win, Panthers to cover the big number. Uh, yeah, I, I can't touch uh, Carolina straight up with, with Bryce Young sucking that bad. Um, and Carolina's rumored to be open to trading for a top wide receiver. Because, yeah, that's the problem. That'll solve everything. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That, that's all they need like, is just a top receiver. Wait, didn't they have DJ Moore? Um, Those guys are hard to find. <laughs> John Gruden they, told me that. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to concur and take the Panthers and the points. <laughs> You sound so um, excited about doing I'm that. I'm extremely apprehensive to do that. but uh, And as much as I respect uh, Ben Johnson and his play calling for the Lions, I actually think the Lions are one of the teams that rely the most on their top guys. Like, I'm on Ross St. Brown's production. If he's not there, that, that's a lot. That's a lot of production to try to replace. I think uh, Jared Goff's confidence and, and good play over the last – couple years definitely coincides with Amon Ross St. Brown's emergence as a top receiver. And I I don't, if he makes a a star immediately out of Jamison Williams and he makes, uh, you know, Josh Reynolds uh, into a a big play tomorrow, then good on them. But I don't really see that happening. Uh, So I'm going to take the points uh, in the Panthers. Obviously I don't feel great about that. Uh, to the AFC South Titans and Colts. They're both two and two and they they can both be hard to figure out. Uh, Titans will not have trailing Burks, uh, with a knee injury. Uh, but Indian, uh, Indianapolis has defensive issues. They're not going to have Darius Leonard or Quiddy pay up front. Uh, but the man got his money. Apparently, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, all is good. Uh, he's off the injury report, this ankle injury, which was never really a, a thing. But that's what they Wait, were using to. He feels better. That's <laughs> exactly right. All of a sudden, he got the bag. <laughs> he got the bag, and all of a sudden, he feels much better. Uh. Wait, I feel better. <laughs> yes, yes, I can stand. I can walk. I can mumble. <laughs> and he can play running back for the Colts tomorrow magically. How about that? Uh, with all of that, uh, the Titans are the favorites uh, in Indianapolis. They will give two and a half at the Colts. Not so worried about um, – oh, I just forgot his name. Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Whoa! Yeah, it's late. <laughs> Not so worried about him coming back for this game. This is the kind of game you're probably going to have him on a limited pitch count. They're going to ease him back in. A little, Probably more Zach Moss, but – I say this is a good spot because it's the worst spot. So if that makes sense. So you don't have real high hopes or expectations because the only thing the Tennessee Titans can do is stop the run. That's it. 
They are all, you know, uh, in, in fantasy perspectives, they call this a pass funnel, apparently, you know, <laughs> yeah. where they are so stout against the run, but so leaky on the back end that everything goes through the air against them. But good luck if you can figure out the Titans. I mean, I was calling them the heckle and jide team, and that's exactly right. Ugly loss, surprising win. Ugly loss, <laughs> surprising win. Which would mean, oh yeah, ugly loss. I've got the Colts. <laughs> this goes at that time, okay? Uh, yeah, you you figure out the Titans and let me know. You you pick pick them at your own peril, pick against them at your own peril. Um, you know what I see with Anthony Richardson? I see similarities to Justin Fields right now as a playmaker uh, from the quarterback position. He can make a lot of plays. He can make it happen. He's electric. Yeah. Uh, but boy, he can win a game and he can lose it. He can make some terrible mistakes. Uh, definitely looks like a rookie at times out there. Uh, so it's really a toss up for both of these teams. So I, I definitely don't have a lot of confidence in this pig, but I'm going to take the Titans and give the two and a half. I, I just, I got a feeling he's going to make the, uh, the mistake at the end of the game and find a, find a way to lose. Maybe he might make a left-handed jump pass out of his own end zone for a pick six. <laughs> We've seen that from the Colts against the Titans. Uh, that we have. Um, hang on, I lost my earplug. Um, I, I got I to gotta hold really, really still because, as I told you before, the ear jack in this microphone is loose. I, I basically need a new microphone. Uh, anyway, uh, let's go to Giants, Dolphins, Miami trying to get back on track after that loss to Buffalo. And Danny Dimes, the Giants, trying to get back on track after whatever that was on Monday night. Uh, Giants are one and three. Dolphins are three and one. Uh, Giants O line continues to be wrecked. Uh, we'll have several starters missing, including uh, their best tackle, Andrew Thomas. Uh, Saquon Barkley in that ankle. He's still trying to get on the field. I still think he's going to miss uh, more weeks uh, this week, and maybe uh, I think they're on by next week, but. Uh, He's still questionable. He's still going to be possibly out there, but I doubt he's going to play tomorrow. Um, Dolphins have uh, O-line issues of their own. They had to put Taron Armstead on injured reserve with a knee injury, so we won't see him until November at the earliest. Uh, despite that, the Dolphins are still the biggest favorites of the week. Giants are 12-and-a-half-point dogs down in Miami. Talk about teams that are easy to figure it out. The Giants have played four full football games. They have played two quarters <laughs> out of 16. The rest of the season, they have been absolute garbage, right? They played one half, the second half of that Cardinals game, and that save our season moment, and leaned so heavily on Saquon Barkley, they knocked him out. <laughs> killed him. And, and killed him. Just killed and, and ever <laughs> since then, before and after those two quarters against the Arizona Cardinals, the Giants have been absolute trash. So easy to figure out. Twelve and a half, it's not enough. Dolphins. <laughs> Lock it up. <laughs> yeah, uh, got to go with the fish fry uh, as well. I still don't know why Brian Dable doesn't just go full Project Junior with, with Danny Dimes. Like you, you're trying to force him to hang <laughs> in there and play in the, you, because you're trying to force him to hang in there and play in the pocket. That's what happens when you make him try to play in the pocket. Stop having him try to play in the pocket. Just go full Project Junior and have him run around out there. It can't be worse than this. He can't do any worse. He's got no protection. He has absolutely no protection back there, and he's turning into Ghost Boy, turning into another Ghost Boy. He's 
seen guys coming at him before they even get there. So I mean, you can't say he's soft. I mean, I guess that's one good thing you could say about Daniel Jones, right? He takes it. He keeps getting up, that's for sure. Yeah, um, and his coach is yelling at him for it. I guess he can't do anything right. He's getting getting his ass beat, and his coach is mad at him. So like, what the hell? Um, yeah, I'm gonna concur and, and take the fish to roll and, and get revenge for uh, that loss last week to Buffalo. They're probably gonna put up another seventy. I don't. Uh, I, I can't take him to lock. I can't 40, lock him up though. I don't. Forty-five. <laughs> I'm thinking forty-five in this one. Right. If they score five touchdowns and, and put up thirty-five, is that is that a loss? Because they that's only half of what they did the last time they were at home. So would that be a, a like a like a like an L or something? Well, I mean, you've um, yeah, got 42, an over-under 45. on this game right now at 47.5. So that means the Dolphins are sitting on a, oh, good Lord, 30, oh, geez, 30-point roughly implied total. Yeah, 30 to 17 would be at about your 47.5. So, that, yeah, yeah. It'll, be, it'll be over that. 47.5. Okay. This game goes over. The Dolphins might have forty-two of that forty-seven and a half. <laughs> the question is, can the can the Giants score? And they can. Right. The Dolphins' defense has not been their strong point so far this season. It's been that offense. But if they get five or six touchdowns, the Giants aren't keeping up with that. They they can't. They don't have the ability. No, zero chance. As uh, we agree on that one for sure. Uh, on to the Saints and the Patriots. Uh, New Orleans at two and two. New England. At one and three, Derek Carr will try to play through that shoulder injury again, but it didn't look very pretty last week. Uh, he will not have tight end Juwan Johnson, who was out with a calf injury. Uh, for the Patriots, they get those defensive injuries that you referenced a little bit. Uh, Christian Gonzalez with the bad shoulder um, and Matthew Judon with the uh, popped elbow. Uh, but they will get J.C. Jackson in that trade and, and probably insert him right in uh, tomorrow. And he'll probably pay great because that's, again, a Bill Belichick classic move. Uh, basically a pick em. Saints are plus one at the Patriots. Yeah, talk about – this would be one of my zero confidence games <laughs> my confidence pool. Uh, this might be the zero point one because I have no clue what to make so far out of either one of these teams. The Saints have been just kind of fits and starts and sputtering along, and the the, the Patriots uh, and go coach, it, it's kind of dysfunction junction for those guys right now. I, I don't like what I'm seeing out of them, but I'm – I'm going to go with Goat Coat New England and give the point just to bounce back. Could you imagine those film sessions this week after <laughs> that romp? Uh, this might be the most ready Bill Belichick team we've seen in a long time um, after that 38-3 to just throttling down in, uh, in Dallas. So if they don't bounce back from this, it's going to be a long season for the New England Patriots. Yeah. Um, I agree that I don't know uh, which team I'm supposed to have the more confidence in. Uh, I don't like Mac Jones necessarily figuring it out against the Saints defense, but I certainly don't like uh, check down King Derek Carr, who just kept throwing to Alvin Kamara over and over again last week because he didn't have the confidence to do anything else. receptions for like 30 yards for (laughs) Alvin Kamara last week. It's one of the most ridiculous stat lines you'll ever see. Check down, check down, check down, check down. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, the Belichick firing rumors that I've heard on a couple of shows That's are crazy. really hard to believe. Like I, they do stink. I understand that, but that's Bill Belichick, man. I, I can't ever see Robert Kraft doing no. that. No. You, you let him right off into the sunset, right? Right. Even if it's, 
him basically firing him. He's going to go to go Belichick and say, you're going to retire. You're going to have a press conference where you announce yeah. that you're stepping away. We're going to uh, bump you up to the away. front office, right? We're going to announce take- the move. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're taking an executive role. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to concur. I certainly don't have a lot of confidence in it after <laughs> what they did in Dallas, but I'm going to concur and take the Patriots because I don't know if Derek Carr can, uh, can throw the ball any farther downfield than, than what he did. Uh, Ravens and Steelers uh, in AFC North action, always a nice bloody war when these two get together. Ravens are three and one, Steelers are two and two. Odell Beckham expects to return uh, from his ankle injury for the Ravens. And Marlon Humphrey expects to make his debut in the defensive backfield. So they're trying to get a little healthier. Uh, for the Steelers, they will not have their tight end, Pat Fryermuth. He's got a hammy. Uh, and Kenny Smallhands has a gimpy knee. I uh, didn't know if he was going to be able to make it uh, this week, but apparently he's going to be cleared and he's going to go. Uh, Ravens are the favorites in this one. They give four and a half at Pittsburgh. Yeah, the, the Ravens. Have been one of those because we're all oh, it's the it's the Bills and it's the Chiefs and all all the hoopla around these teams and nobody is talking about Baltimore three and one or Lamar Jackson who who's starting that offense is starting to round into some shape and Zay Flowers is making nice plays and Gus Edwards has still been admirably since J.K. Dobbins went down their defense is playing really well they just blew the doors off of the team last week and they're playing excellent football and nobody is talking about the Baltimore Ravens so. It's almost like the perfect spot for them uh, sitting there at three and one against Pittsburgh, who we talk about the dysfunction junction of the Patriots with the Steelers might be just as awful. Um, they just got absolutely annihilated last week and embarrassed uh, by the Texans. They get to go yeah. home. There's, there's some grumbles through that fan base about Kenny Pickett and then about Najee Harris. And, you know, as much as we, we talk about, Bill Belichick and, and grumblings, and you got Mike Tomlin, who's he's been they've been grumbling about him for years, and he just just keeps chugging. But it's not things are just looking very good. This, this isn't that Steelers Ravens matchup like we like we used to have, the one that we yearned for. You know those those Sunday night football Steelers Ravens matchups, the slobber knockers. I think this is a slobber knocker one direction. <laughs> Give me the Ravens. Yeah, um, I I don't know how much uh, Tomlin is getting right now. I, there was some event, and it may have been a wrestling match, that I just saw a Fire Canada sign, and I'm like, what's wrong with the country of Canada? Oh, they're talking about the Steelers OC. Yeah. Yes, they That's are. It. So he's getting all the blame right now. Mad Canada uh, is getting the and, – and you look at the numbers, and uh, Steelers are averaging 3.6 yards per carry and mm. 6.2 yards per throw, and that is not good. I mean, you no. look at what the the Bengals are doing uh, per yards per throw, and you think 6.2 is pretty damn good. But, no, it's really not that good. Um, yeah, I don't want any part of Kenny Smallhands right now. I don't want any part of Mitchell Trubisky, who I thought was going to be starting for the Steelers this week, but apparently he's not going to be. Uh, I don't think Tomlin wants any part of Mitchell Trubisky. He's going to send Kenny Smallhands out there with a bad knee over Mitchell Trubisky, which says a lot about Mitchell Trubisky. Um, for Baltimore to, to drop this one, I, I'm not going to play it right now. But I, I got Raven Simone queued up next week. If they lose this one, I'm gonna I'm gonna concur with you. Take Baltimore uh, and lay the four and a half. But if they drop it, Raven will be ready. Uh, on to this is the late action already. Philly and the Rams. Uh, the Eagles are the perfect four. You talk about almost no one talking about them. What 
Miami did a couple of weeks ago and then coming yeah. back and losing to Buffalo. Uh, now Buffalo, everyone's talking about Buffalo. The, the Eagles are still undefeated. They're, they're still there. They're, they're 4-0. And the Rams are 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Eagles do not have uh, their, their uh, veteran D lineman Fletcher Cox. He got a shot in his back. and He's going to take a week off to let that heal up. Uh, of course, everyone knows Cooper Cup is cleared from IR and ready to make his debut from his knee injury for the Rams. Uh, Rams are still the home dogs. Eagles are minus four and a half at LA. Right. So Cooper Cup slides in. You know, he's the focus point, even if he's on the limited pitch count, right? And snap count. And boy, but Cup sliding into that offense just opens up all the, it opens up Nakua, it opens up Higby. Uh, opens up Kyron Williams, uh, starts to sort of unlock Sean McVay and, and his evil geniusness on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm, I'm really interested to see, especially after all the success that they've had early in the season here with Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua and what adding Cup does to the opposing defense. And on the other side, you've got Philly. They got taken all the way to the wire by Sam Howell and the Washington team Manderskins uh, last week, blew my lock for me, um, taken to overtime. It, it kind of a gutty performance for Washington, but kind of highlights that the Eagles, although they're 4-0, and they, they haven't been like, they haven't looked like the Eagles yet, right? They haven't had that game. They, they, they do the tush-push. They do that great. You need one yard, there's no better team in football to get one yard, but I still am waiting for that from them, like that wow game. And we just haven't seen it yet. On the road against the Rams, Sean McVay is going to work that offense. I'm going to actually take the Rams in this one and the points. I think they uh, looked like the Eagles in that Monday nighter when they beat up the uh, the, the Buccaneers and they got my lock for me that week. Uh, but uh, you're right. Yeah, that one they did. Uh, but you're right. The other games, eh, they, they looked they looked high, but yeah, they look like they're ramping up to sort of being what they were last year, maybe in the second half of the year. Uh, yeah, you, you let Sam Howell come, you know, give you a game last week. Um, so this is a real good test for them, that Rams offense. Um, and they got a rebound now against Matthew Stafford, who's been uh, really good before Cooper Cup. It is shocking to see that the number two pass offense in football belongs to the Los Angeles Rams. It's like, really? Those guys? We've yeah. never seen that coming. Um, I concur. I will take the Rams and the points uh, against the Eagles. I, that was one of those surprises I thought I might get over you, but no, we were oh, both okay. going with L.A. All right. Uh, let's see what happens in this one. Bengals, Cardinals. Oh, L.A. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there you go. Uh, Cincy and Arizona are both one and three. Uh, and they'll get it on down in the desert. Uh, as I mentioned, T. Higgins will be down with the uh, cracked rib that he's got. Um, but t- uh, they'll get tight end Irv Smith back uh, from a hamstring injury, and they need the tight ends because apparently that's about all that Joe Burrow can throw to right now. He's not going deep at all. I still can't believe I'm looking at 4.8 yards per throw on the season for, for the Bengals. That is absolutely Man. Man. I'm just gobsmacked at that. I, I wonder by, what their A dot. What, what's Joe Burrow's A dot right now? <laughs> it, it's just got to be a, like atrocious. Got to be Drew Brees territory, yeah. Um, and despite all that, the Bengals are still the favorite. They are minus three at Arizona. I'm not buying it. I'm taking the Cardinals here. <laughs> this has been. Th- this team has legitimate fight. 
They don't have the ton, a ton of talent, but they've got like something about them, right? Where they're that bad team that just hasn't gotten the memo yet. And if you're looking for something on paper or something in the matchups, Cincinnati absolutely atrocious against the run. I think James Conner, baby Terminator, goes absolutely insane in this game. They have no problem using them. That offense is been okay with Josh Dobbs and he's and he will also put the ball down and run mm-hmm. too. I think Arizona actually bullies up Cincinnati here and wins the game. Yeah, you're talking about the Cardinals are averaging 5.3 yards per game uh, of uh, running of uh, not per oh, game but per, per... <laughs> 5.3 yards per game. I'm, I'm changing my picks. <laughs> they suck. They're awful. Uh, 5.3 <laughs> yards per per carry on the season um, to better Cincinnati. better Burrow attempts per throw. <laughs> right. It's, how about that? Um, and you compare that to Cincinnati's uh, run D averaging 5.1 yards uh, mm. per carry. That's what they're giving up right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, on paper, it seems to be a perfect matchup for the uh, for the Cardinals to exercise and, and take advantage. Uh, so, what what's the deal with the Bengals? Did they steal their one win with Gimpy Joe? That that one victory that that they got, um, or will he start getting better versus you know the the Cardinals? Will this be the game where he sort of you know okay, let me get back on track and figure things out and, and get back to doing what I need to do? Uh, he's got Joe you know Jamar Chase mad at him. He's he's uh, I'm fearful of Joe and Jamar uh, not getting on the same page and and continuing all of that. I'm also fearful of them sort of reestablishing themselves because they really do have that kind of chemistry. But he, he, I, I can't, I don't have any confidence that Joe Burrow's physically going to allow that to happen. Not, not yet. Not until I see some sign of it. So, uh, you think you, uh, you uh, that the Cardinals have a lot of fight, and you think you got a lot of confidence in the Cardinals. That's Ooh. my lock. The Arizona Cardinals, the Fighting Cardinals, the, the uh, team that no one thought was going to compete the team the team that everyone said was number 32 when the season started and they they do have a lot of fight taken for caleb right exactly Uh, they don't they're not the the organization might be taking but the players are not uh so i will uh take the cardinals along with you and that is my lock of the week wow you get one up on me man you start feeling it that's right I'm, i'm playing with house money uh, onto the Jets and the Broncos, both teams one and three, both teams struggling. Uh, two cornerbacks are out for the Jets. Uh, for the Broncos, Jaleel McLaughlin looks to be the lead running back. Javante Williams has a knee-hip issue, so even if he plays, he's not going to do very much tomorrow. Uh, in this one, the Jets are the dogs. They are plus two and a half at the Broncos. This is the game, right? I mean, this is the – Sean Payton called out the Jets coach, told him that he was the worst coach basically of all time in the offseason, goes out, gets a 70 hung up on him (laughs) against the Dolphins, has to have a miracle comeback against what at that point looked like one of the worst teams in football. Bears redeemed themselves a little bit on Thursday night in in the Bears. But that's their only win. The Jets, they only have one win. But they've at least acquitted themselves admirably, and now they're playing against the team who, you know, who made it personal. You know, Aaron Rodgers was uh, taking exception, defended Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett, I know, took exception. Robert Sala took exception. I almost locked this one up, 
I'm taking the Jets just straight up to win this game. I, I, this one's been circled on their calendar for a while. Uh, you would, I mean, they might not score much, but that defense is going to put the screws to Russell Wilson. I'm taking the Jets here on the road to win. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth! Okay, all right. We, we get it, Aaron. Jesus. Um yeah, just don't give up 70, right? That's the big deal for, for Sean Payton this week is don't give up 70 to these guys because you really will never <laughs> hear the end of it. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know how decent Zach Wilson looked. He was getting a little bit of praise for, for – he had some good throws against Kansas City. Some people were acting like, oh, this is a big turning though, point. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's the Jets. It's New York. So some people are going to act like it's you know the great – the great turnaround is coming now. No, I, I don't. I don't buy it. I can't trust it. I don't. I don't trust Zach Wilson. Um, I, I don't trust the uh, the Jets. You know, again, no matter what their defense does, eventually the offense has to take the field, and Zach Wilson will just torpedo whatever good they do. So I'm going to take Denver and give the two and a half. I, I don't. You know, obviously don't have a whole lot of confidence in Russ and and, and Broncos country. Let's ride, but. Um, I think they're going to come out for this one. I think they got to back up their coach in his big mouth. Uh, even if they don't want to, they know they got to back it up for him. They, they really don't want to hear it uh, if, if they find a way to lose to this team and that coordinator. So I think the Broncos will, will buck up for, for one game and play for Sean Payton. Chiefs and Vikings, speaking of Kansas City, uh, they are 3-1. and one. The Vikings are 1-3. and three. Uh, And the Chiefs might get their top tackler, Nick Bolton, back uh, from his ankle injury tomorrow. Uh, Chiefs are the road favorites, uh, laying three and a half at the Vikings. Oh boy! Well, hey, are we going to get more Taylor Swift? Oh, <laughs> now we can get it. At the, now we can get it at the three thirty time slot in Minnesota. All right. Yeah. Oh, All right. Great. Yay! Everybody gets um, a piece of Taylor. Oh man! Every yeah, every network we can get this was a CBS. It's going to be the CBS. Who cares who has this game? Um, oh, good lord! Um, See how many times they cut to that while I'm watching Red Zone tomorrow. <laughs> but on the field, uh, oh, I, I really swallowed hard on this one and gulped when I took the uh, took the Vikings and the points. I feel like they are going to score and 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 hang here offensively with Kansas City. This this game feels like it's got some wild shootout potential, uh, especially with Minnesota at home. Uh, you know the the Chiefs have been more impressive defensively than offensively so far. I think outside of Mahomes and Kelsey, they're, they're, maybe Pacheco, they're pretty limited um, at the playmaker positions. Their receiving core has been meh or mid or whatever you want to call it. They been, or bad. They haven't been very good between Sky Moore and Justin Watson and Rishi. It, it's a whole bunch of dudes. It's Travis Kelsey and guys. Um uh, I could see this being the, the 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 Justin Jefferson show. We saw him put his team on his back a few times last year against uh, excellent opposition and, and, and ride that team to victory and some big comebacks. So I'm going to take the Vikings and the points here. Love the hook. I uh, definitely love the points. Uh, love the over in this one. Whatever the number yeah. is, go ahead and take the 53. over. 53. Yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll take that. Um. And so I'm a little uh, fearful of the whole uh, T Swift thing becoming a, a bit of a distraction. Um, Yoko, heard him, oh no! Stop! Don't wish that on him. Um, heard that a little bit uh, about the fact that uh, Travis Kelsey didn't have a very good game 
last week um, because now I'm wondering, I'm hoping that it's not going to result in Pat sort of forcing the ball to, to Kelsey. Um, at the same time, they've won a lot of games over the years where Pat has to force the ball to Kelsey because he's the only real option on the team because, as you correctly said, that receiving core is basically Travis Kelsey and some dudes. Um, so it, it might actually work out uh, doing it where they have to force it to Kelsey just to make sure that him and, and his girl are, are happy. Um, I, I think KC's targets overall will have more chances versus a, a bad Minnesota defense. I think um, the, the I'm going to take the Chiefs and give the three and a half because even if it's close late with all the points being scored, um, I certainly trust Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and dudes uh, to get it done over uh, Kirk Cousins and, and his core because Cousins just loves to make the last late last second mistake and, and interception and find a way to lose the game. So I will take KC and give the three and a half. If they win by three, I actually wouldn't be surprised necessarily, but, uh, but I'll give the three in the hook anyway. Uh, on Sunday night, the Cowboys and the Niners in the game of the week, Dallas three and one and San Fran undefeated at four and oh, it feels like there's like one undefeated team in the league and it's the Niners. It feels like no one's talking about the Eagles at all. So uh, we'll see the Niners get their big test against the Cowboys, uh, who get some offensive linemen back that have been hurt, so they're going to be uh, intact. It looks like tomorrow night, so that should be uh, that should help out their cause. Um, and the Niners will not have their backup running back uh, Eli Mitchell, who hurt his knee. Um, in this one, the Cowboys are the dogs. They get three and a hook at the 49ers. Yeah, uh, Cowboys get right last week against the Patriots, and then you've got the the Niners just taking care of business, right? That, that you know that could be their theme song. <laughs> taking every, care of business. That's right. Every every game, uh, every game is taking care of business and just getting the job done. And they show up. They Cowboys like to think they're in this class, and we've talked about this. They're not in this class. I think this has got some sunning potential to it. You know, we can call this a battle of the juggernauts. Unfortunately, one of these teams is a juggernaut, and the other one's a juggernaut. Ah, see what and you I'm going to take uh, – thank you. And I'm going to take the Niners and give the three and a half. This number feels low for some hey, reason. Hey, like this, this number feels like trappish almost. Like, man, they're enticing me to take the Niners here. Uh, I don't think this game's going to be close. It's the Cowboys, so I think that's – a function of how many Cowboy fans are out there and they're going to throw money on the Cowboys, especially when they're underdogs like this, because they think, oh, this is the time. This is when they're going to rise up and show everybody. Go Cowboys. Here we go. Uh, so I understand the the number. Um, is it fair? No, San Fran's probably should be about six, seven point favorite. Um, and even if Dallas does give San Fran a game, they're still not on San Fran's level. Like We, we know they're not on that level, but they, you know, the, their fans think they're on that level, but they're not. Um, they got the, you know, twin uh, defeats at the hands of the Niners the last couple of playoffs. One was down in Texas when Dak decided to take off running, even though he had no timeouts left. And then last week, uh, or last year rather, in San Fran, they go out there and get beat. Um, yeah, it, it's it's all about uh, the, the coaching and the and the quarterback play and the decision-making. Um, the coaching is Kyle Shanahan versus Mike McCarthy. That's clearly on the level uh, of San Fran. The quarterbacks are Dak and, and Brock Purdy, which should be a mismatch in favor of Dak, except when you talk about decision-making, Dak finds a way to make those 
wrong decisions, and Brock Purdy, so far in his short career, just doesn't do that. He always seems to make the right choices. And again, the Niners and all the weapons that you you talked about, they just have so many that they can go around to. Will this be the, uh, if Debo isn't healthy, will this be the another McCaffrey game? Will this be the um, George Kittle game? Will this be the Brandon Ayuk game? You just never yeah, know. It's, just, it's like spin the wheel. Mm-hmm. Spin the wheel, make the deal. You just never know who's going to be the man this time. So, yeah, the mad genius, uh, the, the evil genius, Kyle Shanahan, uh, what he will come up with for the Cowboys. Uh, we don't know. Maybe he doesn't know yet, but we'll all find out tomorrow night. Um, yeah, the last time Dallas got on a plane and went out west just this season, the Arizona Cardinals kicked their ass. Um, the Niners are definitely – on a higher level than the Cardinals. Whatever that you think of the Cardinals, the Niners are way, way better. Um, I still think Dallas can be manhandled running the ball down their throats. 49ers are number three in, in rushing offense this season. Uh, so this might be another Christian McCaffrey games. Uh, they might run for another uh, buck 70, buck 80. Um, however they do it, they're going to do it. They're going to cover the three and a half. I definitely agree. And I will take the uh, 49ers. And on Monday Night Football, it will be the Packers versus the Raiders. Green Bay is 2-2. Two and two. Las Vegas is 1-3. and three. Uh, Packers finally gave up on the David Bakhtiari deal, whatever that was, where he was, wasn't playing on turf, but he was trying to play on grass. He's just going to have knee surgery and be done for the year, and that whole thing is over with. Uh, for the Raiders, Jimmy G returns from being dumplings uh, to get back under center for Las Vegas. Uh, they are the home favorite. They lay 2.5 versus the Pack. Yeah, question with Jimmy G coming back is can the Packers stop Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers because those are the only two guys he throws the ball to. Hmm. Their target share between the two of them is like 70% with Jimmy G back there. And then can the Packers stop Josh Jacobs? How effective can the Packers move the ball? Because they've been, I, I guess, offensively, but not very efficient. So I think there's more trouble with the Packers. Offensive line's banged up. They're getting nothing from the running game. Aaron Jones hasn't been the same since he came back from injury, and A.J. Dillon is a ghost. So I'm going to take the Raiders and give the points. I'm very uh, concerned and disappointed for both of these teams running attacks because they should both be relying on uh, Aaron Jones and and Josh Jacobs, and they're both terrible this year. Green Bay is 30th in the league in running 30th mm. and the Raiders said, Oh yeah, hold my beard. They are DFL. The Las Vegas Raiders are dead fucking last and running the ball Man. this year. And I don't know what's wrong with, with either one of those guys, but they got to get it together. Um, and they got run defenses. They can both get it together against the Packers and the Raiders can give up some run yardage. So uh, this is a tough one for me. We'll, we'll see. Um, Jordan Love, after the Detroit disaster on Thursday night, uh, got several days to think about it, 10 days to think about it. Uh, now he has to come back to face Max Crosby. Good luck with that. Um, and even with that, I'm taking the Packers because I don't know how healthy Jimmy G is coming off the concussion. Um, I don't know if I trust him necessarily. And it just, it just kind of feels like one of those games where the Pack makes the big defensive play at the end and you don't see it coming. Um and sort of sneak out a victory. So I definitely don't have a whole lot of confidence in it, but I will take Green Bay uh, and the two-and-a-half points. Maybe they'll lose by two. Uh, so that's it for week five. How many is that before we go off the air? Uh, it's quick? more than last week. Maybe I'm going to say six. 
Definitely more than the two last week. Uh, looks like three, four, looks like five. Okay, and that's a smaller slate. We got one less game, right? Right. Uh, well, yeah, two less games this week. Two less games, yeah. Right. More on our after show when we come back. And now into our VIP after show program. Yes, I'm glad we (laughs) disagreed on more than two because that was crazy last week. That was. We got to five, so that's more like it. But I got to sweep you. Got to sweep all two. All two. Yeah, I was was sweating that one out. I was sweating those two out. Oh, man. (laughs) I looked at this. I didn't know what happened in the uh, Chargers Raiders game, but I looked at the score and I'm like, oh, of course. Of course they won by seven. Naturally. Yeah, was it because it was a six and a half point spread? Six. Yep. Six? Yeah. Well, ah, that's the Chargers. That's the Clipper Chargers for you. Even even when they win, they don't look good right now. Right. Those two wins yeah, of theirs, not the most impressive. Well, their their coach is insane right now. He's just. <laughs> Are you turning around on him? Oh, he's because he started. Well, I'm I'm just confused because he started the season seemingly a lot more conservative. Like, I believe right. that he won the uh, surprise award for me for week one because he had something on the other side of the field. He had the ball on the other side, uh, on the opponent's side, and punted on fourth down. And I was like, what? Him? Really? Uh, so I thought he was sort of, you know, turning around and, and trying to not play as good. And now he goes, the last couple of weeks, he goes right back to old uh, Brandon Staley and starts going for him in, in, in his own territory again. I'm like, oh, what, what are you doing, kid? What? Yeah. At least he seems he to be having a crisis himself, right, right? now. He just, he just can't escape himself. Right. He, he's just having a, a personality crisis. But you know what? Uh, at least he's not yelling at his own quarterback. He's not firing tablets at him. He's not pulling his hair out. Um, some of the looks that Robert Sala gives Zach Wilson sometimes. So it, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. Yeah, they are one of the teams that are off this week. Uh, that they are, uh, along with the uh, Browns and the Seahawks and the Buccaneers. Yeah. So, yeah, should should make for at least a more compelling week of watching football. With us disagreeing on on more games, gives me a better reason to watch than just uh, you know. Well, I mean, I was just watching football, but you know, fantasy and you know, trying to make some money off of this thing too. Yeah, do you have any uh, DFS plays that you like early on before you get into uh, it tomorrow for, morning? For this week, uh, I'm trying to think what, like, because usually it's what stacks do you build around, right? Yep. And let me see here. Let me look at my upcoming, blah, 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 my lineups. Uh, I've got a Dolphins uh, lineup, which I'm sure is going to be very <laughs> talky. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, got a, I've got Cousins and Jefferson. I, I, I was going to say, we both like a, the KC Minnesota over, so but those would be expensive, too. Right, and I've actually got a lineup for both sides of that game. I've got Cousins and Jefferson with and, and a bunch of fill-in, and then I've also got the other side where I've got uh, Mahomes and Kelsey. Okay. And I, and I threw in Rishi Rice because he's so cheap. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just went with guys there. And then I've got I've got a Colts stack this week. Okay. 
You know, so I've got I've got both sides of that game where I've actually I've got a lot of players. I think that Colts Titans game might be one of those wild Colts. I mean, we've had some wild Colts Titans games, right? Sure. Um, so yeah, I've got Anthony Richardson uh, with uh, Michael Pittman, and then I've got Derrick Henry and and my boy Chig on the other side. Oh wow, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about Chig in a in a while because he has. It's been sort of disappointing this year. Uh, hasn't done much. For so. for tight end has been a rough position. Oh boy! Um, in my my in my Miami uh, lineup, I, I, my favorite tight end play this week. I've got Sam Laporta, who, who's oh, he's yeah. been a dude. He's been a dude. Mm-hmm. And with uh, with Amon Ross St. Brown out, right. Yeah, we were talking about where are those targets going to go, right? Is it Khalif Raymond or you know? And the, no, no, it's going to be Sam Laporta. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's. I'm sure he's going to be popular too. Um, uh, yeah. No, I, I would expect so. I mean, the, the sharp players, anyway, the people who pay attention, anyways, you know. Um, but the, I did. I I avoided uh, Hawkinson in my Vikings lineup, and he'll probably bite me in the ass for that. But I, I just didn't have the. I did not have the funds <laughs> to right to put him in there. So I've got Zach Ertz. Uh, Manning down the tight end position. I've actually got him and James Conner in that lineup for Arizona. Ah, there you go. So I've got that Cousins and Jefferson stack, and then, you know, sometimes it's the other pieces that you fill in, your one-off pieces that really make or break you. Well, as we know, it's it's always the ones that yeah. you don't see coming. Yeah, so usually I'll throw a lineup a day in there. Probably you'll make one more stack tomorrow. Um, I haven't decided which, which game I want to stack up yet. Um, you know, get creative. You could do a low price stack because there's like the jet stack is super cheap. You know, if he's like, ah, you put Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson in there. And uh, I do want to put Garrett Wilson in one of my lineups because Denver is just giving up the deep balls like <laughs> ridiculously. Uh, so is Washington, by the way. If you want to, if you want to play a, a top receivers, apparently Washington's the team to play against because I mean, after what DJ Moore did on. Oh my goodness! Uh, and then he had that phantom step out of bounds. We still don't know if he stepped out of bounds or not. No, we know he didn't step out. He didn't step out. <laughs> Clearly, every re- every replay they showed, he he yeah. never stepped out. I don't know what the no, ref was looking some at. There's more. There's some more ref shenanigans. Didn't matter, but no, definitely robbed him of another forty yards. Hmm. Uh, yeah, tight end has been so crazy. Of course, I have. Uh, got rid of Chig because he hasn't done anything. No, he um, hasn't. But you know, tight ends are that. The, the trouble with tight ends is you're going to get that one game where somebody blows up for two touchdowns. You're going to get that Dawson Knox yeah. game, right, where he blows up for three touchdowns and then you don't see him again for the rest of the season. Right. Um, so I, um, I guess I uh, made the right decision Thursday night, but it, it could have gone uh, the other way. Both those tight ends were available Thursday night. Um, oh, Komet and Logan Thomas? We're both on the waiver wire, and I chose wow. – uh, they both scored touchdowns. So I, I I couldn't have lost either way, but I chose Logan Thomas. Um, so they both scored. Um, I think Logan had more yardage, um, so Good. very slightly more points, um, although he did have a fumble too. Yeah. Um, but either way, I'm very happy to be done with that decision this week. Don't have to worry about it. Don't have to scour the wire. So uh, I, I, might, I might win a game this week. But you know what? Oh, well, you know that just gets you back, right? And the good news was he caught a touchdown and didn't get KTFO'd in the process. <laughs> right. 
Because you know who I had a tight end the week before that? Whoever that idiot was for the Packers that caught one pass and got knocked out of the game. So. Oh. <laughs> was that Musgrave? Another, yeah. So there's another way I could have won that game last week, even with Man. the defensive garbage. It's, it's been a tough year. But I'm happy because I just looked up the uh, college scores and I saw that the uh, Colorado Buffaloes pulled out a uh, late victory, got a late field oh. goal. So uh, no matter what happens in fantasy tomorrow, I'm having a good weekend. It's all good. You want some money? Oh, yeah. Big win tonight. So very happy about that. Uh, you know, didn't have a, a game to work this weekend. So, you know, Tigers are off. So Oh, you know, okay. That's why I was sitting here today uh, watching some college football and uh, decided to lay down a, a little parlay, and, and everything worked out for me. So made some money even though I wasn't working. It, it can't do any better than that. No, that is, that is good. I'm still waiting for that legalized online sports gambling to, to hit Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, yeah. I saw a post on the X Twitter. Yeah. And somebody posted their parlay from Thursday night. And it was insane because it was Bears money line. Right? Yep. It was Fields over yardage, which was like 180. He went way over. Okay. I, I actually it, forgot. I, I had a single game parlay Thursday and, and made money on that too. It wasn't as much as tonight, yeah. but yeah. It was uh, it was DJ Moore over yardage. It was like over 55. I, I, I didn't have DJ Moore. That, that one I didn't And, and it was DJ, Ma- DJ Moore uh, over one and a half touchdowns. Oh, wow. Okay. Eight. His $20 bet paid $2,500. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> on, I mean, so if you were just Bears Homer on right. that game and you just went Fields more stack and you had a feeling, but again, against the Washington, I mean, Washington's defense has been getting torched deep all year. I mean, look at what Marvin sure. Mims did to them. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, but you, you can burn the Washington team Manderskins deep and, and you want to build some stacks in fantasy or in some parlays against that defense. It's not a, an unwise move, but yeah, $20 bet won that guy $2,500. No, I had a, a single game parlay as well uh, because the, both those defenses are, can be burned. Yeah. Um, would you go over? I'm sure you had the over. Uh, yeah, that was that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That was part of it. Was was the over? I'm going back now to, on my account to see exactly what it was. Uh, over 48 and a half. I think that was an alternative number that I took. Because uh, the actual number, I don't think it was 48 and a half, but that's just what I took. So uh, I had that. I had Jahan Dotson over 29 and a half yards. I had Terry McLaurin over 44 and a half yards, and I had Justin Fields over 34 rushing yards. Yeah, and, and that's, that is. Yeah, pretty, pretty. That had to have a pretty reasonable payout. I mean, or odds yeah. on it. Uh, four to one. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't a hundred to one. <laughs> <laughs> no, the plus four hundred when you totaled all that up. So I, Still I, I not took bad. it. Yeah, very, very much. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it, it can be rough the, the the sports gambling, obviously, but I I think. The reason I'm in a, a pretty good groove right now is because um, there's more alternative bets that you can make on a game than there used to be back when I was first starting the sports gamble you know, 20 years ago. 
Uh, like you could, if you thought a game, just for an example, a football game had a over under of like 45 and you thought that was crazy, it should be way higher, like 55. You didn't have the ability to go in and look for an alternative like 53 or something and take that, which gives you better odds. And now you right. can do that. So you've got that. You've got the single game parlay uh, aspect of it, which didn't exist back then either. You can take these like the you notice the game result wasn't in there at all. That parlay that I played, I didn't want to touch Bears plus six. I didn't have that much confidence in it. I didn't want to touch Washington straight because I didn't have confidence in that at all. Um, so I didn't, I, I didn't have to bother with the, the game result. I just knew it was going to go over because both defenses sucked. Um, and I took all those individual stats. So there's, there's those things and there's the ability to find better lines like for, for baseball. Like I had a lot of success this summer with baseball because I was taking favorites uh, like minus three and a half and minus four and a half and stuff. Cause you don't, I didn't have to just take them, you know, minus 300 straight up or something. I, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever do that again because it's just too much, uh, risk involved is too much it's baseball that uh, huge favorites lose all the time so there's no why would i you know lay minus 300 on anybody if anything i'm going to take that favorite and go you know minus two and a half minus three and a half runs and then i can only lay minus 100 uh maybe make money you know plus 120 something like that uh so there's a lot of there's a lot more alternatives out there for for gambling purposes so it's a lot more varieties a lot there's so many ways to make money um so many more than there used to be. And there's got to be more variety. It's got to be the reason that I'm doing better. Cause I'm, it's not like I'm any smarter. Believe me, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just, you know, plus it's not just about picking winners and losers all the time. Right. Sometimes you're exactly. just betting on, you can find one game that you're just really got a good sense of. And like, you've got that game script figured out and you just, you just know, like, this is a great, like we were talking about, like, hey, Washington against the deep ball. They suck. So let's just pile some money on those outcomes and, yep. you know, see if I can cash in on that. Where you could, where you can, or we could say, hey, like tomorrow, uh, you know, Atlanta and Houston, right? You probably are going to love some of those Houston passing options. And you might love some of those Atlanta running options. And you could parlay the heck out of that probably into some really nice money. Sure. That's just so, one example. Yeah. Yeah, this is one example right there, right? Or, mm-hmm. oh, man, uh, you know, do you uh, really want to lay some unders on the Broncos' offense tomorrow because you think the Jets are going to be <laughs> fired up, right? Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking down the list now at the teams that I actually think are going to really struggle and, and be struggling offensively. Um, I don't see the Saints scoring a lot of points. I don't see the uh, Steelers could... scoring a lot of points. You might be able to under every Giants receiver <laughs> tomorrow. Not Darren Waller right. or Matt Breida, but you, you might be able to under Hodgins. And, uh, you know, the only one you might want to over is like Wandale because he's actually looked good since he came back. Is Slayton still there even? I don't even know if he's yeah, still around. he's a ghost. <laughs> he's disappeared. Yeah, the only receiver uh, that Daniel Jones seems to have any trust in these last two games at the wide receiver position has been Wandale Robinson. That's it. Right. Yeah, but he doesn't have time to look for anyone else, right? Well, and the hilarious thing is I actually have a lot of Wandale Robinson in my DFS lineups because he's minimum salary. Ah. So I don't know if that was a glitch or a feature. Uh, I really don't know. <laughs> You think it's a bug, but it it, it might be uh, on purpose. It, maybe it might be. just that bad. No, I mean you got to figure they're going to be throwing in, against that in that game, right? Because they're going to be 
I mean, they're going to they run out of the. They're going to get that, run out of the building. My, that, that's my problem with Dable. They're always trying to throw, and I don't think they should be. Why? Just let, what? Just let Daniel Jones uh, get destroyed. If he doesn't get destroyed behind the line of scrimmage, at least get him get destroyed a few yards down the field, pick up a few yards. Well, I'm just saying it's clearly not working dropping him back and having him right. stand there in the pocket and get destroyed. So yeah. try something You'd rather else. have safeties taking shots at him than D linemen. <laughs> I I don't I don't understand. Well, no, the Giants I'm not a coach. are a mess. There's there's some teams this year that are absolute messes right now. Yeah, and I'm I'm not the coach, so obviously they know more about strategy than I do, right? So and, and I I don't want to I don't want to point this out to you. But, but if you know if the Titans win like you said they will, and the Jags lose to Buffalo, Titans will be in first place. See, I'm not doing first place after Week Five stuff either. I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying to look I, at. I'm just doing it because I picked it. <laughs> okay. But I'm not doing MVP after Week Four. No. I'm not doing first place after Week Five. I'm not. I'm not looking at any of that stuff. Well, yeah, because you can say, "Oh, the Bears are one and one and four now, or whatever the hell they are," and you know, most of the rest of the divisions only two games clear of them. It's like, whoa, they're they're right. Oh, they got a chance. No, <laughs> no they really don't. No, they don't. The Packers lose on Monday night. Bears are only one game behind the Packers. <laughs> Winning for Butka. No, uh, no. Butka. Uh, At least nobody called him like Bubkus. <laughs> Dick Bubkus. <laughs> Someone probably did at some point, yeah. Ah, so uh anything else on uh, on tap for week five that we that we want to get to? Anything about week four that we didn't get around to? Uh yeah, I don't yeah, I'm looking you know, because we really hammered a lot uh similar a lot of the similar games, but there were so many like I talked about we were so many blowouts that it was just you know, not fun. I mean, Tampa got they, they bounced back nice right after that loss against Philly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so they've proven to be uh, pretty resilient. So hey, you know, the Baker Mayfield experiment lives another week and and, and looks okay. Um, well, I, I they're in first was, place uh, right now. Oh, there we go again. First place. First place. Uh, that was uh, Derek. Uh, I wrote down maybe Derek Carr should have let Jameis Winston take the rock because that was because uh, Carr completed tw- twenty three passes for one hundred and twenty seven yards. Mm, that's some Joe yeah. Burrow, uh, yeah, work right there. Three point four yards per pass attempt in that game. That's that was yeah. like as a run average. That was his passing average in that game. So yeah, Tampa had uh, they 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 topped New Orleans as well. They should have. Yeah, uh, Alvin Kamara, thir- 13 receptions for 33 yards. Is that, oh, <laughs> that just makes you ill. I mean, that's great for a fantasy, right? Your PPR, but... That's all you're getting. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> that's no all you're getting, the points per, uh, no, per that's reception. Right. You, got, oh, like, nope, you got 13 points in receptions and like three points in yards. That was pretty bad, and Carolina was so bad that they got a gift pick six from Kirk Cousins and still lost. And and the Vikings covered. Right. Uh, now that Bryce was Young. another one that was in that was in doubt, because um, the Vikings did not exactly you know blow those guys away. Um, no, they, they got yeah, a gift the, uh, fumble from that Bryce was, uh, Young was that, for, was that for one a touchdown. Hundred yard, one of those hundred yard pick sixes. Yeah, like ninety seven yards, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was right ugly. there. 
right there at the doorstep. And oh no, it's going the other way. And they still, and you know, usually you get something like that that's like so soul crushing like that, and that that, that could yeah. really set you back. But no, Carolina's offense is, is, no, is really bad. Why why did I pick them? Oh well, I, I think it's I don't just know. that. I think it's just that gut feeling of taking the Lions as almost ten point favorites. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, well, I well I know why I took uh, Carolina because, like I said, uh, Detroit relies so much on Amon Ross St. Brown's production. If he's not going to be there, I don't know. I don't feel so right. good about the no, about the Lions' I, chances. I get that, and you got to start spreading that around in different ways. And you know, Bryce Young has hasn't looked very good so far. No. No, his his whole career is struggling so far. Right, uh, the number one best, pick. Their best player on offense right struggling. now. Struggling. Adam Thielen is their best player offensively. Yeah. And, and how long is that going to last? Ah, uh, until he gets hurt. <laughs> uh, he's a veteran and, and, guy. He's wily, right? He's a wily veteran. Could probably sneak himself open. He's. Yeah, but you you don't want to rely on that. You you want you do want something other than that. They do need a number one receiver, but they need a right. lot more than that. That's why I'm laughing at them, uh, trying to trade for a top receiver because that's not all you need. You need a lot more, a yeah. lot more. Uh, maybe uh, I will say a positive for the Vikings was the signing of Cam Akers seems to have woken up Alexander Madison. Well, that's good. Something had to he wake had himself him up. A, he had himself a nice game on the ground. You know, five point mm-hmm. six yards per attempt. Well, we Way said it better they, than his usual. We said it when they acquired him. Uh, this is Madison's last chance to show to you know to show something, give him a, a reason to keep him yeah. in there because we knew Cam Akers was coming. So well, my favorite like stat I saw. The memo. My favorite Cam Akers stat that I saw this week was because he, everyone was like, "Oh, he had five rushes for forty yards, right? Wow, that's eight okay. yards for attempt. That's like eight times more than his average." <laughs> Until I looked at the stats, and did you realize he had zero of those yards after contact? Oh. So basically, uh, he was running through big holes, and as soon as somebody <laughs> puts a hat on him, down. Boom, down. Yep. <laughs> well, that part we oh. were familiar with. The, uh, oh, the immediately Cammy. down after you get touched. That that part of his game we we definitely so, so not much with. Uh, not much yak. You know, you know, no yards no. after contact there. No. But, but that's not his game. <laughs> we know uh, absolutely not. <laughs> and, and just to uh, go on to your uh, to your point about the Ravens not getting uh, that very, very much attention, very much love. We talked about them handling uh, the Cleveland Browns easily. Yeah. Uh, I wrote, I had wrote this down, but I didn't mention it during the show. It's the first time Lamar Jackson ever threw two touchdowns and ran for two touchdowns in the same game. That's kind of incredible. Yeah. You think about all the wow. success he's had. Uh, that that's is. the first time it's ever happened. Um, and had the Bears not collapsed the way they did, it might have been worst of the week going to, and I hate to pick on rookies, but uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR. Uh, oh, uh. my God. Well, they're not always ready. 21 yards on 36 attempts. That that uh, Joe Burrow's better than that. Um <laughs> No touchdowns and three picks. That game was it was it was bad. Uh, he wasn't ready for for that start. So they're not always uh, no, ready when you no, give them your first start the against the Ravens. Uh, probably not. 
what you were hoping for. No. Um, back to the drawing board for him. Which just goes uh, to tell you that being the, you know, you know, being a preseason star doesn't always translate into success. Right. Uh, usually it doesn't. We we laugh at that. The, most of the preseason stars don't ever do anything, right? Right. They don't all turn into Dak. <laughs> we can make fun of Dak and Dak time, but he's been a successful player. Sure. Is he the great superstar that the Cowboys claim him to be? No, but he, no. he's all right. Well, he's not doing the chunky commercial ads anymore. Now it's Travis Kelsey. If you haven't um, had enough, who, yeah, uh, right. Uh, he's he's everywhere. He's doing the uh, the vaccine ads now. He's doing the the flu shot ads. He's doing it all now. Uh, I'm sure all of that was in the works before Taylor Swift came along. But uh, yeah. uh, if you're sick of them, too bad because you're just going to see more and more of them. It's another one of the memes I saw on the X Twitter uh, in the last couple of weeks. Was a it was a picture from the back of. Uh, in uniform, and it was DeAndre Swift standing next to uh, the other Kelsey, and it basically said, and it showed the names on the back, so it said Swift and Kelsey, and then it said, I would have thought these two dating would have been a bigger news story. <laughs> um, it, it would be if it was those two. <laughs> be a major story. But yeah, if you watch TV now, oh man, it's Travis Kelsey and his brother are everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, it, yeah, it, it is just, we are being force fed. It's like, well, Brady's gone. So now we got to force feed you Mahomes and Kelsey and Taylor Swift and oh man. Well, did you Not see the other, insanity. the other meme of the, uh, the Eagles player oh, names oh. back to back? Oh, uh, of Kelsey and then uh, DeAndre Swift on the end with uh, Jalen Hurts in the middle. <laughs> That's Is that right. A real one? Well, I don't know, but they're on the same team, so they could have potentially been standing back to back. But it probably was just put together by somebody. Right. But it's still funny. But which one was which one was doing the hurting? Uh well Kelsey uh, was first, so Kelsey hurts hurts good. Kelsey hurts apparently. <laughs> uh, oh, evidently that could, that could turn around the other way. Yoko Odo. Oh no. Stop. <laughs> oh stop, stop wishing that on them. That's that's terrible. I'm just wishing on it for, for uh entertainment value. <laughs> I know. So now no, no, no team deserves to have a Yoko Ono situation. <laughs> so we are, uh, are we Saturday again next week? Uh, that is the 14th. Think. Yeah, um, so I'm yeah I'm doing a game Friday night. So it would have to be either Saturday night or Sunday morning. Nope, oh, Saturday works. Okay. It's the week after that that gets to be. Yeah, that's when it starts getting really interesting. Because we head out, we start heading out Friday night. So. Once we leave Friday night, we are pretty much on the road, and we're not any. We don't even get to our final destination until Sunday evening. So it makes it hard to do a show. Yeah, we were discussing before the season began. It, it looks like that week would uh, the only two options really would be either I do it solo with your picks, or we do it like Thursday night or something like that. 
Yeah, which we've done. I mean, we've done that. I mean, we've done pick shows during Thursday night football in extreme circumstances before. So, so it's an option. Uh, we haven't decided, yeah. but it's an option. But then that next week, uh, I haven't decided yet if that's just something where I call in quick on the road <laughs> somewhere. So the week after next weekend, would you're when you're heading back right, from that's vacation. The, that's the full week that we're gone, right? And then that mm-hmm. weekend we'll be heading back, so we're not getting home until Sunday. So it's a 10-day, uh, the longest vacation we've taken in maybe ever with my family. So that's it'll be good. a long I'm, one. But we're, you, we're like excited. you said, you guys are, are looking forward to it. You're, you're in vacation mode already as it is. I so, so I'm ready for vacation. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm ready for... Uh, oh. Oh, he's yawn. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's about that time. I'm ready for vacation. Uh, I, <laughs> I was just thinking about how I'm ready for uh, to go up to Chicago for uh, for Thanksgiving week because I haven't seen the family in, in so many years. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. That's uh, Thanksgiving time. Mm-hmm. And that whole week nice. I'll be up in Chicago. Oh, nice. That'll be that'll be fun for you. Oh yeah. And hopefully I can keep working these games and keep winning these bets and, and have some extra change when I go up there for, for a change. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like to hit a nice, uh, you know, nice big DFS chunk tomorrow. My last two weeks have been really bad. So it, 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 those have actually hit me, my wallet, not my wallet, you know, but my, my, my DraftKings bank. I'm still on my original deposit from last year. So it's okay. not costing me anything yet other than my initial deposit. Um, but where I was to where I am now, the last couple of weeks have, have definitely uh, moved me down some. I did manage to win seventy-five cents on <laughs> Thursday night. Uh, better than losing. My six dollars worth of lineups netted me six dollars and seventy-five cents. There you go. Better than, than losing money. I got my money from finishing second in the uh, fantasy baseball league too. So, but ah. that. But I, I I finished second by one and a half points. I was so close to winning that league. Oh, I was, man. I was right there. I was making moves all the way to the last day of the season. I was trying like hell to catch this guy, and I just couldn't couldn't do it. Yeah. Couldn't catch him. Well, we managed so. to finish sixth in our money league, so. Okay, well, that's good for second in the ultra draft, right? Number two pick in the ultra draft, and we're sitting on the number one prospect in baseball thanks to a trade, so – you can't okay. ask for much better than that because sitting on the number two ultra pick and we have Jackson Holiday right now. Hey, playing for the future. I'm sure That's you're right. getting trade offers for him uh, until the cows come home. Uh, only if we're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> that becomes right. a really nice trade piece if we are if we're winning or we're in you know or we're in the hunt. But you know, obviously, if you're in dump mode, you're not trading that guy. No, certainly not. But so, yeah, that. that that was a trade we made when we were in 10th place. Hmm. And the team that I traded them to was in second. They ended up finishing third and we moved all the way up to sixth. And at one point we were only two points out of the money before our entire team went on the DL with two weeks to go in the season. Jeez. It was absolutely nuts. Five. We had five players in the last two to three weeks of the season go on the IL. Yeah, I had I don't something why, similar. Why, why Why? did they, did we ever get a full official reason why they changed it from DL to IL? 
was disabled list uh, insulting to somebody or yeah I don't I don't know if they will come out come out. Are they worried about that? guys going exactly. out to DL? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't think they would ever say that publicly. But yeah, I think using the word disabled became something they decided they ah, didn't want any it's not part like of that. Not like you went on the RL. <laughs> they definitely can't say that. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I, I think that's probably it. That, that, Got that's, it. You know, everything get, getting a little more politically correct as as we go along. I, I, I guess it's one of those. <laughs> well, can't call him. He's not disabled. Right. That's insulting he, to disabled people. Exactly. You can't even call disabled people disabled. They're oh. differently abled. Oh well. Yeah. So we, <sighs> that that word is going down the uh, down the tube along with redskins. I uh, apparently. Oh, I. I I guess so. I guess they got. Did you see they got sued? The the commanders. Yeah, some 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 Indian organization. Can I, can I even say that Native American organization? <laughs> indigenous, yes. Indigenous organization <laughs> sued the team Manderskins that they want to bring back the name. Oh please. I I know. I'm just saying. I don't know. And again, I don't know if these were the Daniel Snyder affiliated people. No idea. It had I'm had not, to be. I'm not that invested in this news story, but I saw that, <laughs> that they just got sued. They're, they're in the process of being sued right now because they want to bring the name back. The name's never coming back, and no. the, the Daniel Snyder-affiliated organizations are the only organizations I ever heard of uh, among indigenous people that actually right. tried to pretend like the name was good or they liked the name. Every other organization is like, <laughs> no, that's racist and we don't like it no exactly although i i'm of the point where if you change a team name i don't believe that means that you end up predating the team if you, you know what i mean like i wouldn't go out there and say art monk was a commander's legend oh no i can't do that either um but it is and i've seen some of that and i don't I like don't, it yeah I also don't want to go back and talk about Redskin records because it's not the Redskins anymore. So it's it's in, it's one of those weird in between things where I no, basically just talk about Washington. Team. They're the same no, team. They're the same team, but I when I talk about the '86 champions, I just talk about the Washington team. I don't call them anything. Oh, okay. You don't I, even the name Washington. They're, they're just you know. Okay. You remember when Washington but, won the Super Bowl? But you're not going to say that the Commanders won that Super Bowl. I definitely am never going to say that. Cause or they or the Doug Williams. Doug Williams is a is a commander's former, legend. No, former, no, he's not. <laughs> former great commander Doug Williams. <laughs> I will definitely never say that. No. Okay. So you won't use the the name that shall no, not, not be gonna, spoken, but you're no, not going to go back and call the old team the new name. No, because that's on the exact same level as if, you whatever the current name of the uh, White Sox Park is, if you were to what what are, I don't even know what I legit don't know what the name is right now. It's not U.S. Cellular anymore. They changed this. Oh, is no, it guaranteed? Isn't it guaranteed rate, rate field? Right. So I will it's also great. <laughs> right. I will also never say that the 05 White Sox uh, won the championship while playing at guaranteed rate. That's the exact same thing. Trying to go back and change it. Right. It's the same building. But it wasn't named that at the time, so no, I would never say that. So no, I mean that, that's... it was. And then there's still still we still just call it Comiskey Park. Well, that's a whole different thing that I'm just old and I call it what it was when I was a kid. Yeah, that's different. Just crotchety and yes, that that's get, get off, off my, my lawn, lawn. and yeah. yes, no, I get that. <laughs> but I've been seeing some of that. I saw that 
within the last week that somebody was talking about a team and you know it could have been like the Indians or was you know whether yeah that's another one right yeah right you know no the Cubs beat the Indians in the 2016 World Series they did not beat the Guardians (laughs) they did not beat the Guardians the Guardians didn't exist then no they beat the Cleveland Indians I'm okay saying it it doesn't make me dirty racist because that's what it was what they were right we're not going to go back and, and CGI alter every copy of Major League you know that would be hilarious. If they, they like, have a, a special edition, George very, I mean, his hands on it, and now everybody's got Guardians outfits on. I, I'm, def, <laughs> I'm definitely a progress. I, I guess I'm a progressive person. I like to see things progress in society, but I'm not on that level. Like there are some people that would want to le, le, uh, legitimately go back and change uh, Major League and, and edit uh, Indians out of that. Oh, sure, and, um, and permanently. And or no. <laughs> or you have the ultimate extreme, the people who would legitimately want you to just, like, ban the movie. Oh, right. Just don't ever show the movie just, again because it happens to have Just completely memory hole uh-huh. the movie because we can't have a, a – you know, we can't see Chief Wahoo. Someone's going to get triggered. Right. Uh, no, if we can still show Birth of a Nation, we can still show Major League. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, we could put the context warning on it or something, right? Well, trigger warning. <sighs> It'll be all right. Everyone will live. <sighs> well, there you go. There's our get off my lawn yet slightly somewhat progressive slant odd thing <laughs> because because nothing is just black and white. No, every, everything has has levels to it. Everything is gray. If you can operate in the gray. And, you know, see things for what they are. And you not just be like, one side's always right, one side's always wrong. This is the way it's got to be. No, no, no. No, most of the people in this country have, you know, views that go both ways there. Right. Well, yeah, they're, they're, I'm, we're just making fun of the ones that don't ha- see things like that. They, they want right. to the take everything. The, you know, and... it's all one or it's all in or all out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, the uh, the the old three uh, Cleveland baseball team or, or ninety seven or whatever in the World Series that was that was not the Guardians. That will never be the Guardians. Right. I'm sorry for those who uh, have a problem <laughs> with that, but that's just not reality. Sorry. Right, and, and and even for teams that just change their names, let's like legitimately change their names, right? You know, and it's happened. Like the Cubs weren't always the Cubs. Right? I think the Cubs were the White Stockings when they. Oh, yeah, started. yeah. You know, and if there was somebody who held a record, we wouldn't say the Cubs. They would they would say it was the such and such white stockings, you know, who became the Cubs. Yeah, the the Cleveland Spiders are the uh, all-time worst baseball team ever. They uh, it, it wasn't the Cleveland Indians or the Guardians, it was the Spiders. That's, yeah. that's who did it. So, uh well, then you can get the confusing ones like with the Browns and like with the Browns and uh <laughs> who were the Ravens Texan, who are now the Browns. <laughs> right? And the, and the Oilers who moved, and now you've got Oilers records that are associated with the Titans, but now there's a team back in Houston, and it's almost like they tried to claim both, and it's like, no, I, all right, you guys got to stop. Yeah. First of uh, all, out of my pay when, grade. Houston, when Houston renamed, when they got the Texans, they should have just been the Oilers. Like the Browns when they became the Browns again. Correct. 
which is also very confusing, which is that that might be more confusing to me than anything. Like, okay, that the Browns are the Ravens. That's the lineage, right? That's that, that's right. the Browns. So who claims the records? Became, so why are the, the, but you're telling me the Browns that got reinvented out of thin air as an expansion team still has the lineage of the old Browns, even though those old Browns are now in right. Baltimore. What? Or Baltimore. That, that, or Baltimore people who still try to claim the Colts. Yeah. But they're Ravens fans because they hate the Colts now. <laughs> but they still want to have right, but they still want to have a tie to the Baltimore Colts players. Because that's who their team was growing up with, the Colts. Right. So every so you got these teams where things have moved around and changed names and or not changed names, but then you get a new franchise and it's just it, it yeah, that's where I get my my head's gonna blow up. Yeah, I think my my head just started hurting. Right, because we start talking about like, because I can still see Steve McNair wearing Oilers gear, even though he was a great Titan. Even though he was a Titan, and for a year they were the Memphis Oilers. (laughs) Oh yeah, well it was the Tennessee Oilers that they played in Tennessee Oilers because when they played in the Liberty Bowl, they were still wearing the Oilers Oilers. outfit. They they were they they were were Tennessee, but they weren't the Titans yet. They were the Oilers. Yeah. They were playing at the Liberty Bowl, and that was what That's one right. season. Uh, it might have been two. One or two, yeah. The people barely remember those seasons that they played in the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. My wife, my wife still remembers because she will still get mad when you talk about it. Cause, well, I was about to say because there's a lot of people in Memphis who were salty that they ended up mm-hmm. moving to Nashville. Right, they thought that hey, we got an NFL team here in Memphis. We bad, we bet no, they're there's just hanging no out way. here for. Uh, I've driven by the Liberty Bowl, and you've been to the Liberty Bowl. There's no way that is an NFL stadium. Uh, I mean, if Soldier Field can still be standing, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely. Well, I mean, (laughs) there's definitely a a lot less luxury boxes here. Well, I mean, it's they've tried to update the the Soldier Field, so they would have done the same thing. They would have tried to update the Liberty Bowl. I have good memories. I have good memories of the old Soldier Field um, going to. The concerts and uh, going to football games there, you know. Yeah. I, I was at some memorable football games there. I was talking about just a few weeks ago, and I was at the Packers Bears game when Favre threw the ninety-seven yard touchdown mm. or ninety-nine yard touchdown. Uh, right, I mean, I should say ninety-nine point nine, ninety-nine point nine yard touchdown to Robert Brooks. Um, I was at the game that Monsoon Bowl on Halloween night. Um, I'll never forget the, that. I wasn't there, but I was working. And oh God, I saw some of the weirdest. I saw some. I mean, I, I, I'm still saying the wind was blowing so bad that I'm not joking. One side of me was wet. One side of me was dry. <laughs> that's how hard the wind was blowing. And I'm not joking. That's exactly how it was. I saw the Bears punt. And the guy punted the ball. And it just shot out like a cannon. Stopped in midair. Turned came around. Right and him. came all the way back. Yeah. Yeah. It ended up being like an eight-yard punt. Yeah, that wasn't a shake. I, I remember, right? No, that's just how, how horrible the wind was that night. And it, it was, was a and it was a wind. Packers blowout. Like the Bears couldn't do anything in this wind and rain, and, and Favre and the Packers are just up and down. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was amazing. It was like how the the opposing team can always hit home runs out of Wrigley into the wind, but the Cubs can't. <laughs> it was just like that, and I remember that game because. It was the they were retiring a couple of Bears legends at halftime of that game. Was one of them Butka? It might have been. It was two guys. 
Uh, I don't remember exactly who they were. They were legends. They were 85 legends. They were doing a big ceremony for them, retiring some stuff at halftime. And the game was a blowout. And as soon as the halftime ceremony ended, everybody left. (laughs) Mass exodus. Everybody left. We, I stayed because I was like, this is cool. I was watching. I was rooting for Favre and the Packers. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, that place was empty as soon as that halftime ceremony was over. I believe it. Oh, and, that, that, uh, that was, was just a wild game. That was a horrible. Um, that was a horrible storm. I was as wet as you were, and I wasn't anywhere near the game. I was just uh, in the streets trying to get home from my uh, my job at the time at Woolworth. Oh, okay. uh, you had the retail Woolworth story <laughs> uh, with the with the bubble with the chewed up bubble gum in the in the basement that the rats got into. Yeah, I, I got Woolworth stories. I, I won't I won't share them tonight, but I got I definitely got Woolworth stories. Uh, no longer around, uh, anyways. Yes, uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, Dick Butka and R.I.P. Woolworth. So, yeah, I don't know what were we talking about. I don't know. Kings of non sequitur. In case you're wondering why we got that name, why we gave, so you, gave ourselves that, the that whole, name. I saw that the whole Arlington thing is starting to fall apart now for the Bears too. No, it is. I don't. I, it's what I'm seeing. Um, they bought that land. They bought the racetrack. Well, then what's falling apart if they got the land? I, I don't know if something's blocking them or if it's a logistical nightmare. I know it would be a logistical nightmare for how much work would have to be done to the highways and everything out there to put an NFL stadium on the grounds out there. Um, that okay, area right now is that area, that area out there in Palatine um, off, off of the, off of 53 up there. That's not conducive for an NFL franchise without a lot of work. And, and, and they'll put in the work. Believe me, when, uh, if the, if enough money is on the line, oh, sure. uh, those, those NFL funds are on the line, they'll make it work. They'll, yeah, the they'll get it together. And although that tax base, ooh, it'd be nuts. I remember when I, when we drove down to Atlanta for the NFC championship game in 2016, we drove down there, my wife and I just on a whim, right? We just, yeah. we, we, we talked about that on the show a bunch of the time. We just decided what the hell it's Falcons Packers. Let's just get tickets and, Two tickets cost us seven hundred bucks, and we we just was like, let's do it. And we hopped in the car and we drove down there. But we got to see firsthand how much work they had to do with the highway system and everything to build that new Brave Stadium. Oh yeah, and I could not believe how much was being ripped up on the interstates and in the area, and all this to accommodate. You know the stadium being out there, and I'm thinking, I, I just can't see Illinois doing something like that. There's too much it corruption; can, they'd screw it up. It's a lot of corruption. It can be done. It just takes a lot of cooperation and a lot of yeah. palm greasing, like you said. It's a lot of corruption. Um, so it, it takes a it takes a long time to get anything done in Illinois because it's basically two different states: is North Illinois and South Illinois. Right. Um, there's north of Interstate 80, and then there's south of Interstate 80. Right. Anything south of I-80 is, is Southern Illinois. It's downstate. Um, it's not Southern mm-hmm. Illinois. It's downstate. Well, right. It's upstate and downstate. Uh, but it can be done. Just you gotta, uh, you gotta, you gotta know who you gotta grease. You gotta know who yeah. got the juice, who's got the power, and, and you just gotta do it. You, you can't sit around and wait. That's the only uh, issue I can think of that why that could be breaking down is because they didn't 
take care of who they need to take care of in time. Like, you know, you know, Pritzker's the governor, you know, you got to take care of him and then you got to go from there and, and work your way up. And uh, the problem might be the bears are so cheap. They don't want to do, you know, do things the, 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 the right, quote unquote, the right way and, and grease the right palms. So they, they might think we're the bears. We should be able to get whatever we want. And, and however many, whatever percentage of, uh, the, the stadium being built that they're going to force onto the, uh, onto the people, onto the taxpayers. Um, it's going to be a huge percentage and it might just be the bears want it to be even bigger than it, than it already is going to be. So I, I don't right. know. I haven't read about it. Um, I, I don't know the exact details, but uh, all I know is if they want it done bad enough, they'll get it done. Well, that's with most things. Right. You know what you got to do. Just do it. That, that's how yeah. I feel about it. I mean, I'd be, I'd be sad. I actually do kind of, I don't think Soldier Field's all that great. I haven't been there many times, but, you know, it'd be sad to uh, have them not be by the lake, right? Well, it'd be really sad for me because I never took advantage of their proximity. I never got over to Soldier Field. Um, Ever? Never been in there. Oh, okay. I haven't been in there since they turned it into a, like an ashtray or whatever the hell it is on spaceship. spaceship on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. No, I was there when it was the real soldier field. Right. Uh, well, you know, I didn't have a car back then in Chicago, of course. Um, so I would have had to get in uh, on public transfer. I would have had to get a ticket and then I would have had to, had to get on the, on the bus or the train and get out there to, it, it just didn't seem like something that was real easy to get to on the bus. So I just never decided to, to make the effort. It might've been a lot easier than I think it is, but I just never made the effort. Oh, okay. Um, as opposed to down here, I already know, you know, you got to drive everywhere anyway. So, I, you know, I just didn't know how terrible the parking situation was going to be. But the last time I went to, uh, to the Tigers game, the, um, the shuttle, it, it worked out perfectly because now I know where to pick it up exactly. So I know to park, you know, where that, building is there's some academic building near the university of memphis uh the you park there for for free uh you know where to pick up the shuttle now you walk right out to your car i, I literally park like you know 10 feet from where you got to go pick up the the bus and uh the bus came around and there it was and dropped us off and everything worked out fine and uh so once you know where you got to go then uh it, you know, it worked a lot better than it did the first time because I didn't know exactly where I was supposed to be picking it up. I wound up parking like literally four blocks away from where I was supposed to pick it up. So that was not very fun. Um, and it was interesting this time getting on. Uh, it was about an hour, hour and uh, about an hour, 15 minutes before the game started is when I got on the shuttle this time. There were a lot of Boise. We were playing against Boise State. There were a lot of Boise State people on this shuttle bus. They knew about this stuff better than I did. I can't imagine these were people who live in Memphis who decided to put on a bunch of Boise State colors and root against the Tigers, although I guess that's possible. But, no, I think these were people from Boise who knew about the shuttle and knew where to pick it up. And, and I'm like, y'all knew about this uh, better than I did because the first time I came out here, I didn't know what to do or where to pick it up. So uh, this information gets around to, to those people better than does to the actual uh, people of Memphis because the only information about the shuttle is on the – Tiger's website, and it says, uh, first thing it says is, uh, you can pay by cash or card. And then you get there, and the woman looks at you like you have three eyes and says, we we're not, we don't take credit cards. There's nothing. They don't have anything to take a credit card on. They, <laughs> sure. They're like, what are you talking about? Uh, so there's, you know, confusion is, is with a lot of things. But 
But once you get the hang of it, once you do it and you know where to pick it up, it's actually a very good service. Because they, they drive you right around to the back of the stadium. They take the, the side street. They go past all the old houses and people in poverty that live right next to the stadium. And it's a little sad to look at them, but some of them are trying to make money and get people to park on their property and, and take their money for that, too. So they're, they're trying to get over. So I, I understand that. Um, but the bus drops you right at the back of the stadium and you walk right in and, and everything works out perfectly fine, but you just got to know where to go. But, uh, all I, all I can tell you is I can, re- I'll just repeat what I said, but you can't park anywhere near the actual stadium. They will not let you park near the stadium unless you have a seat. It's just so have. wild. It's crazy. All that parking, so much blank parking, so much parking with no cars sitting on it, but nope, you can't have it because you don't have a season ticket pass. Whatever. All right, I'm I'm done. All right. Uh, you ready to call it? Yes. I'm going to get all that off my chest. Uh, all right. Uh, 13 more games for week five uh, tomorrow and Monday. We disagree on five of them, so we'll see how that works out. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I don't feel great about my pick, but I don't feel bad either. You know what I mean? I'm kind of uh, in between on them. So. Yeah. I mean, five's a nice number to disagree on. Nothing... Nothing's decided this week. <laughs> right. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, the only thing is, uh, can we make the right decisions tomorrow with our individual uh, wagers and then try to make some money off this stuff? I'm trying. I'm trying. I got yeah. another another lineup or two to to throw out there and see how it goes. All right. Uh, so Saturday night next week. Uh, yes. All right. And after that is when the uh, when the when the comedy starts. <laughs> When all the craziness starts for how we're going to do those uh, next couple of shows after that. But the week, uh, week six show is scheduled for next Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Hopefully you all will join us again for that, for another big football party. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Good luck in your bets and your picks tomorrow for week five. And we'll talk to you next Saturday night. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.